Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast, everybody. I'm Keegan Preslak. I'm Eric Hoff. And this is a horror podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere, somewhere in New Mexico, get together once a month and talk about horror movies. Yep. Hello, everyone. We're back. This is our April episode. Hopefully, it comes out in April. Yes. And Got a few uh, more days left in the month. What's our topic this month? We are doing our favorite horror comedies. Yes. Which I feel like we're going to talk about some of the ones we did last month. Because sure. we did... Uh, zombies. Zombies. And there's a lot of zombie comedies. There sure are. But we're excited because horror comedies are fantastic, right? Absolutely. Before we get to all that, hello, Eric. How are you? I'm all right. What about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm going to say the same thing I always do. I uh, just got off work, came over here. We're doing the pod. How's uh, how's the postal working life? A little bummed. I thought I was supposed to have today off. Uh, got called in. Um, would have preferred to have done nothing today, but... But you didn't go... But po- we're here. You didn't go postal today, did you? I did not go postal today. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Um, so let's do some quick shout outs. Number let's one, we're very excited because uh, Hellmouth Kid, one of our longtime listeners, he's been listening forever. He's like almost our original listener pretty much. All right. He bought a Ghoul Squad shirt. Thank you, Adam. Thank you very much, Adam. Yeah. So uh, he bought a shirt and uh, we just want to say thank you so much, man. And we saw he, he posted pictures on Instagram of him wearing it like out, like out. Right. And so we're just excited about that because that's cool. And uh, so thank you. And if you want to buy a shirt, make sure to go to bit.ly slash ghoul squad shirt or go to tpublic.com and just search ghoul squad. Pick up a shirt. Unlike me, I have not yet gotten a shirt. <laughs> Eric still has not bought a shirt. This um, is correct. Isn't your birthday coming up? July. Yes. Okay. I will not buy you a shirt for your birthday, okay. but uh, it is coming up. Adam, thank you for buying a shirt. Hellmouth kid. Yep. Uh, we got some quick other shout-outs. Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. <clears throat> the guy that runs it, uh, I forgot his name right this second, but uh, the guy that runs it uh, hit me up on Facebook. They have a group on Facebook called uh, Horror Movie Podcast Group, I believe is what it's called. And uh, it's just where a bunch of people that have horror movie podcasts or horror-related podcasts uh, share stuff that uh, they're doing. Um, so anyways, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for uh, reaching out. Uh, I got to get on there and start promoting our stuff and checking everybody else out too. What are some other quick shout outs? Shane Saw Massacre. Shane Saw. Hellmouth Kid, of course. Josh Goes to Hell. Josh Goes to Hell. Who else? Film Fed. Film Fed. Hello, Film Fed. Keeping it horror. Hello. Wes, Andrew, thanks for your equipment. Jamin, hello. Okay, we're done with our shout outs. Let's get into the show. Uh, so that was a quick shout out segment. Nope. Usually you, you go for a second. I feel like I already went for a second, but uh, we do have one last thing. It is the same names every it is. GG time. But we just want to reward. You know, we want to reward our listeners. We, we don't have a lot, but no, we, uh, we have a few, so we're excited. Josh goes to hell. He suggested that we do longer episodes. Yes, and I'm going to try to do a new segment thing. It's probably going to be bad, but. What's your new segment? Uh, I'm going to talk about horror punk music. As corny as that scene is, I genuinely love it. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about. Yes. And you uh, you like it more than... In fact, I think you're the only person I know who likes horror punk. Hey. It's Carlsbad, New Mexico. That's true. Uh, but I do know a lot of people. No, I'm just kidding. So that's exciting. That'll be coming up after our What We've Been Watching section. Um, and we're trying to think of a stupid name for it. Right. Like... Uh, 
E-Dogs Creature I, Corner. I was thinking E-Dogs Hideous Horror Punk Hour, but it's only going to last like a minute. H H P H is that what that is? H P V no. H-P-V. <laughs> so H I V H I H I E dogs H I V. Okay, we should stop joking about that. So that'll be coming later. Eric is at. We're adding a segment to the pod. Yep, because, because Josh goes to hell. Ask for longer episodes. Yeah. So we're excited. So we're listening. We're to listening. People who are listening to us. Yes, and I I think this is going to be one of the longer podcasts we do. So hopefully, uh, Josh goes to hell is excited by that. And hopefully you guys don't hate us because we're going to talk a lot. We'd be rambling. We'd be rambling. Rambling um, ramblers. Yeah, this has been like the most rambling opening of the podcast ever. That's but fine, though. That's okay. We'll roll with it. Free balling. <laughs> Free balling uh, in more ways than one. Also, we might talk about horror news from now on. I don't know if we'll get to it on this uh, episode of the podcast, but like if a new trailer comes out, like the It trailer, for instance, like sure. we might talk about that. So, uh, But we have a lot to talk about this time. So hopefully we're going to do some longer episodes for Josh Goes to Hell, and hopefully you like it. But first, what have we been watching? E-Dog. Uh, we both saw a movie called, a movie like no one's heard of, I feel like, and it's called Phoenix Forgotten. Yep, this was released last weekend. Mm-hmm. Produced by Ridley Scott. Yeah, oddly, yeah. And uh, it's this small, all I knew was it was a it was a found footage like UFO movie. Correct. And I didn't watch any trailers for it, and I was like, tight, I'm going to go. I didn't know about this film until I learned it was coming to Carlsbad. Yeah. I, I'm pretty similar. I had heard that name or I saw it on like a, a horror movie website, but didn't know anything about it. And I saw we're getting it and I was like, oh, I should watch a trailer. Oh, wait, why would I do that? I'll just go see it. So I pretty much didn't know anything about it. I remember you texted me, it's coming. And like, that was my motivation. Yeah. Like, well, I guess I'll go see it too. Who'd you go with? Dana Hernandez. Hello, on Dana. Friday night. He's not listening. No, he oh, never will. Hello, Dana. Um, so uh, uh, why don't you go first? What did Eric Hoff think of the small movie that we hadn't heard of? Oh, by the way, it was also remarkable because it came to our town. Right, exactly. We didn't get anything. Very here. weird. We wanted Free Fire. We didn't get Free Fire. No, we didn't even get Free Fire in a town about uh, 70 miles from us that normally does get yeah. larger films. I actually noticed no Allen Theaters in their entire company got Free Fire. Not really? even Las Cruces. Not even. Uh, that's a little inside baseball for New Mexico. Hello, New Mexico listeners. So, uh, as I just stated, never heard of this film uh, until you told me about it. Initially, I did not like it, but since I had time to, I guess, digest it, I came around to it a little bit more. Um, the film is about uh, 1997. I think so, yeah. It's in the 90s, yeah. Uh, there's an event that takes place in Mesa, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are these lights that these people see, and people come to the conclusion that uh, they're UFOs. Now, going into this film, I didn't know that that actually happened. I didn't know that this was based off of something that people claim has happened. I thought this was all fiction, and that later helped me be like, oh, okay, that was kind of cool then. I thought this was an entire you know, work uh, fiction. This kid, uh, he films the lights. Um, he gets obsessed with them. Uh, he goes out on a journey to discover what are um, these lights. Yeah, and... Uh, so, so you're saying the actual event that they're recording happened or just that this was similar. Cause I mean, in the, in the 90s, like these happened all the time. There would just be videos of like lights off in the distance and, and they would be on like the local news, like once a week, there right. was a video of lights and people saying they were UFOs. So, but you're saying this specific instance in Arizona. So there's a bit, gosh, I hope I'm not wrong. 
There's a bit well, in it, Phoenix nobody's Forgotten fat check you. where uh, you learn that like he's like the mayor of Mesa or the governor of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. He like goes on TV and he like dispels the idea that these they, were UFOs. Right. When I guess like that actually happened as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like there was actually a governor or a mayor or whatever that went on to say, now nah, you guys are just crazy. And then he would later go on after he left office to be like, no, that shit was legit. Like I saw it as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you are saying you liked it more after you saw it. Right. Uh, I, I got to say, like, at first, I, I wasn't sure what it was. I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. And then as it went on, I sort of realized what it was, which was like a late 90s, like mid 90s local access sort of uh, Discovery Channel special on like UFOs. Right. And it's basically this, this, uh, the, the, the boy who went on the journey, it's his sister trying to find out what happened to uh, his brother. Right, right. You learn that something has happened to him in 97. The yeah. film. Uh, flash forwards to 20 years later, 2017. Yeah. And she's now trying to solve the mystery of what happened to uh, her brother. And I feel like the film benefited from these two different timelines. Yeah. Uh, and having the backdrop of the, excuse me, the, the backdrop of this may have happened. And I just, once I realized what it was, which I feel like it's sort of a genre in documentaries now, which is like this uh, documentary called the imposter or like, uh, making a murder or the the documentary called the, yeah absolutely the, the jinx recently um, these documentaries where people like go on this historic event uh, whether it's a murder or whatever they do a documentary on it and then at the end of the documentary they un- uncover new evidence yes um, supporting whatever claim and so uh, like <laughs> in, in the imposter they sort of uh, never mind I don't want to spoil that movie it's a great documentary it's on Netflix the jinx as well uh, they sort of, they uncover some new piece of evidence that comes to light. And, um, that's sort of what the documentary is. And that ha- this has that, which I won't spoil what happens, but, uh, it was just super cool. Like I, at the end of the movie, I literally was just sitting there thinking, all I could think was, wow, this really impressed me. Like I was just impressed with what it was. I, so I thought it was going to be bad. And I, I was, I thought it was great. Now I thought the the film handled the revelation very poorly. Uh, but we obviously get to find out what happens. And that, in my opinion, was the best part sure. of the film. Like that we was finally the get to see, yeah. you know, the climax. Yeah, that was the most, like, horror-filled moment and, like, movie moment. But I'm just saying, like, it just impressed me that they made basically a faux, like, New Age documentary. Sure. Like, new Netflix Discovery documentary based on, like, this alien UFO thing. Um, yeah, just... I. That was it. I mean, when I looked over at my buddies, I was with Wes and Andrew. Hello. And I said, wow, I'm like impressed. That was the only way I could say it. And when I say great, I don't mean it's like the best movie ever. But I just, yeah, it, it super impressed me. So, yeah, Phoenix Forgotten. Uh, I would recommend anybody to see it. What's weird is I saw a bunch of reviews. They all hated it. Uh, I, I thought it was cool. I'm, I'm going to fall on that side. Uh, I do not recommend really uh, Phoenix uh, Forgotten. Yes. I don't feel like I wasted my time. But no, sure. I would never recommend that film or watch it again. That uh, you're in the majority, so that's okay. But yeah, I I super liked it. Like, I mean, I you know, there's nothing you could do if you like something you like it. And I thought Phoenix Forgotten was good, and I would recommend it. Uh, it was funny because uh, when we're walking out of the theater, Dana and I were talking about it, and Dana liked it. Oh wow! And I was telling him, you know, I I didn't like it. And he was like, dude, in 15 years, Scream Factory's gonna put that no. out, and everybody's gonna talk about how great that film is. And I thought, eh. I think that, I won't be okay. There for that. First of all, that might be a little bit of a stretch, um, but no, I thought I thought it was, I thought it was really good. 
um, and I and I remember there was one moment at the end, and then I'll, I'll stop talking about it, was where there was this character from the beginning of the movie that you hadn't seen the whole movie. It was actually the main character, the girl's dad. And whenever he, I saw him again, uh, I felt something like I knew this person. Like, oh, there's the dad. And in that moment, I was kind of like, oh, I kind of care about these characters. And this is a tiny, like, essentially found footage documentary UFO movie that people are shitting on. And here I am sitting in the movie thinking, wow, I really care about these people. And it just blew that. The movie didn't blow me away, but that blew me away that, like, it made I, you care. I actually cared about those characters, which I was not expecting at all. Well, blew me away. Was. That movie is 80 minutes long. That's awesome. And I was completely confident we were in that theater for at least two hours. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I was just like, God, this is dragging. I, I didn't think it was that long. But uh, <laughs> did you see the trailer before that movie? It was for a movie called Friend Request. I did. It looked like one of the worst movies ever made. Well, they already did that with Unfriended, right? But like entirely, like supposed to be like over a yes. Skype service or something. Yeah, I did not like Unfriended. But what, what was interesting is it had an R rating. Did it not? Phoenix Forgotten did it? No, 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 no. Oh, the Unfriended movie. Uh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> friend uh, Request. Friend Request. Which yeah. is funny because it's probably made for teens and it's rated R. Yeah. So, yeah, I am going no on Phoenix Forgotten and you are going? <laughs> yes. Okay. So, uh, that's Phoenix Forgotten. Uh, I think that'll be maybe the longest thing we talk about here. Uh, next thing is Devil's Candy. We both this, saw it. This was one we watched uh, together. Yeah. And uh, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Uh, this is directed by the guy who did The Loved Ones. Which I love. And just based on the artwork, I don't think I watched a trailer, I thought I was expecting something Deathgasm-y, meaning, you know, metal music was going to play a big hand in the film, and I feel like what they sold was not what was in the film. Easy didn't buy the product. Yes. Well, I did like this one. Yeah. But I'm just saying... I feel like I didn't get what they were telling me it was going to be about. Yeah, you know, I feel bad because I, I feel the exact same way. Uh, Devil's Candy, I thought, was a really sort of a strong movie, but I didn't like it that much. I thought it was good, right. but just good. And it was also really short, and it felt kind of long. Um, I know a lot of people like it out there, so I don't want to, like, shit on it, but uh, I just felt like it sold – even the film itself, forget any of the marketing, the film itself sold like this satanic music thing right. that it was like going to possess people. And then it just became – Even the way the film starts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it just sort of spiraled into – Would you call it a home invasion film? Kind of, like a single character trying to kidnap their daughter. Yeah, yeah. And like that's – the movie – And that's fine. It was fine. I yes. agree. But the movie starts out as selling you like this like demonic shock like satanic possession thing with like metal music. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, oh, the dude's trying to get their daughter. So, you know, I don't want to shit on it, but I, I thought it was sh I, I liked the people in it. I thought the actors were pretty good. Um and I liked the way it looked, I liked the way it sounded. It's just it didn't do much for me. And it might have been because everybody said it was really good. Right. I thought it was just okay. I suppose I do appreciate the idea that, you know, I was thrown for a loop. Sure. And uh, your it, and it was good. Expectations was good. were subverted. Yeah, I yeah. get I get that, but it just I just felt like it it sold like you said, sold like a much better movie and then was just like, "Oh, this it's a a fat man trying to get their daughter." Right. Like that's what the movie ends up being. Exactly. So, I thought it was okay, but I I I, I was aiming higher. I thought it was going to be better. Right. So that's Devil's Candy then, huh? That is Devil's Candy. I feel bad that we both didn't like it because I feel like a lot of people love it. No, I, I did like the Devil's Candy. I liked it more than Phoenix Forgotten. I think I liked Phoenix Forgotten more. 
<laughs> but you know what? Me you and know Dana. What? That's another film I probably wouldn't watch again. Me and your buddy Dana, just uh, two peas in a pod, huh? So uh, give me another film off your recently watched. All right, so let's do uh, Bates Motel. Uh, Bates Motel just ended. I'm going to go take a nap. Fifth and final season. And uh, this is my favorite show uh, that was airing on TV. Uh, I don't like a lot of TV much anymore, um, but Bates Motel was still so strong and the characters and the acting. Um, I've talked about it a lot among friends. I think I've talked about it on this podcast, so I don't want to go on about it too much. Um, in fact, I didn't even want to talk about it just because I feel like all Keegan talks about is Bates Motel. Um, Did you like it, though? So the season finale. Just, exactly. That's all I wanted to talk about. And uh, I loved it. And uh, Kiki was crying a lot. Oh damn! Um, and it was extremely emotional, and just they they just de- like they just decided to end the show, uh, not on a high note. How um, similar was it to the film? Well, I feel like that's like hugely spoilery, okay. but I'll try to answer it. Just that uh, it's pretty different than the film. How about okay. that? Um, and I, I think mean, that's good. I do too. Um, I think I'm a huge psycho fan. Um, I would, I mean, I, ha- I, w- I will say I wish certain elements were closer to the film, but the ending itself is sort of not even close to what the movie is. Uh, it takes place much further after the movie. Things progress further after where the movie ends uh, in the show. Um, yeah. Kiki was crying, very emotional, uh, loved it. So, uh, but not an upbeat <laughs> style ending. So, but I but I appreciate that. I appreciate that they just did, they just did the ending that fit exactly what the show needed, which was what the ending was. So yeah, Bates Motel, I love it. If you're not watching it, it's on Netflix. Four seasons of it are on Netflix. The fifth season just aired. Get on that. I am not talking to you, Eric, but I'm talking to everybody else. Get on it. It's amazing. I love it. Vera Farmiga. Don't get me started. Don't get Kiki started on no Vera Farmiga. Okay. She's going to be in Godzilla 2. You know that, right? I do know that. With uh, my guy, Kyle Chandler. Yes. Man, let's talk about Kyle Chandler for just one second. You like Kyle Chandler too? I do like Kyle I Chandler. Him. I love But him. man, they did such a good job of making him look like such an average white dad in Manchester by the Sea. Oh, okay. Like You would not think that was Kyle Chandler. That was just some... That dude he, is wearing blue jeans yeah. to work every single day. Probably didn't want to have a kid, but he did. You know, that's kind of the role he plays, right? Like, super, No, no, I know. And they nailed it oh, okay. perfectly. Super 8 is that. I don't watch that Netflix show with him. Bloodline? I tried Bloodline. It was okay. Oh, I'm sorry. He's that in uh, Friday Night Lights, mm. which I love Friday Night Lights. So anyways, how did we get on to that? Because you said he was in Godzilla 2. Oh, can't wait. And Vera Farmiga. Uh, Tysa Farmiga is going to be in the The spin-off. nun. Can't She's wait. supposed to be the nun? No. She is not the nun. Is this not an origin tale of the nun? That was the impression I was under. The nun will be played by the same person that played the nun in The Conjuring 2. Oh, okay. I read that today. So, give me... I am tired of talking. Please, Edog, give me an... Uh, what what we, I've been what watching recently. Okay, and this one's been a minute since I've seen it. And I was so happy to finally get my hands on this film because I'd heard others talk about it. I am talking about Darren Lynn Bousman's Abattoir. Have you seen this? I haven't. And I have been dying to see this for years. And then it came out and I didn't see it. So please. It had such a small release, yeah, I guess. Uh, I remember him talking about Sorry. I remember him talking about I was very excited about So I'm excited to hear you talk about it. Tell me about Abattoir. Sure. Uh, I, first off, the few people I've told about this film... Every time I say that name, they're like, Avatar? No! Avatar! Uh, this film is about this <laughs> woman, her sister, 
uh, brother-in-law and nephew are murdered. And very soon after that, like a few days, the house is bought. And the room where they were murdered is gutted. So she starts this investigation on who the hell bought the house. And she learns that it's one man who's piecing together a house comprised of rooms where murders have taken place. So it's the ultimate haunted house, essentially. So without trying to get too spoilery, spoilery, she eventually makes it into the house. And uh, do you remember, I'm sure you do, the last segment of VHS, uh, Radio Silence, where yeah. shit is just like popping off in the house? Yes, I love it. There's a great moment in Avatar that is similar. Avatar? Avatar, yes. The Blue <laughs> Aliens, James Cameron. I heard part two finally has a release date. Um, Avatar, go ahead. It, and what's funny is, is it plays out this, it plays out almost like a noir mystery. The way they dress, the way they talk. It was a really neat haunted house film. What's the runtime on that? If, if it's 90 minutes, if it's plus 90 minutes, it's not by much. Okay, cool. Like maybe like 97. It was, I really liked it a lot. Yeah. I, Really want to see it. And I think, I think it's even on Netflix now. Yeah, right? that's where I watched it. Yeah. And, and I, I feel really bad. Uh, I feel like that happens all the time. There's always movies I want to see. Wait, I think I'm the opposite of most people. When they go to Netflix, I move on to other stuff. You get turned off. Well, what I think is exciting was like, that was something I cared about. I heard about it. I wanted yeah. to get to it. And yeah. so that was awesome that it was so easily accessible to me. Well, I'm really excited now. Like, I, I, I need to see it really bad. I, I'm glad I you liked it because I, they I should saw give him a Marvel film. Darren Lynn Bowsman? Yes. Okay. That would be awesome. You know, we're big Darren Lynn Bowsman fans here. I'm just saying it, it, it worked for Scott Derrickson. Yeah. Right? Did it? I think so. I like Doctor Strange a lot. He, but he made a good Hellraiser sequel. You've never seen it. I have too. The Hellraiser sequel he That made. he directed. Oh, yeah. I tried to watch them all one time. I know. And that was a failed attempt. Well, I made it to his. And it was to- one of the better ones. Okay. So that was... Abattoir. Abattoir. Uh, I really want to see it, so that's cool you saw yes. it. Um, I'm going to start with the first two from this collection, and then you're going to go to one of yours. Lay on me. Josh goes to hell. Hello again. Uh, he asked me for a... Com- How is hell? Sorry, bad no. joke. You go. <laughs> he asked me for a complete overview of the house collection. Now, Kiki got the Arrow box set from the UK, uh, the house collection, which is four films in the house series. Now, what blows me away is what you paid for it, though. It was like 40 bucks. That's shit. insane. From the UK. It was amazing. With shipping. With shipping. That's nuts. I Like, if you want the real number, I think it was 45 bucks. That's shipped. still cheap. It was awesome. Crazy cheap. Uh, it was, at the time, it was actually even cheaper than the two-story set in America. Well, that's what I was so, going to say, because that's like $38. Yeah. So, uh, I was very excited to get into these. Um, I had seen House 1 and House 2 before. I think I've even talked about House 2 a little bit on the podcast before. Um, so, I'm going to talk about those first. Um, the box set's amazing. Uh, it's it's honest. I'm not just overplaying it because I purchased it. Um, this is one of my favorite things I've bought in a long time. And so, okay, the first house. Uh, the first house is a movie where a uh, guy, uh, it's, you know what? Okay, the thing you're going to find out about me trying to talk about these is they don't really have well-established plots. They're just sort of uh, something we talk about a lot, kind of boo factories that that turn very silly quickly. And the first house movie, is, <laughs> the first house movie is like the most earnest. It's the most like uh, real movie of them. And uh, it's about this guy that moves into or back into his house. I'm not sure. William Cat is the, is the main character, and uh, his wife has left him, and he apparently lost his son in the pool or something, or died or something. It doesn't matter. 
And so he starts walking around the house and the house starts uh, being haunted in ways. Like, for instance, one of my favorite bits in the movie is there's this massive, like, are they called marlins? Those fish with the long noses or whatever? <laughs> I don't know if that's their nose. I don't know. Is, is that what they're called? The marlins? I'm not a fisherman. Me either. I was not a character in Manchester by the Sea. Okay. So uh, uh, I'll make this quick. Uh, there's a bit in it where it comes alive and he shoots it with a shotgun and this... I think it's called a marlin. Marlin is like Got me a marlin flapping against the wall like a freaking uh, uh, a largemouth bass. You know those talking largemouth bass? It's like that. And he's shooting it with a shotgun. It's amazing. Oh, I think Fred Decker wrote it. And uh, it's produced by Sean S. Cunningham mm-hmm. from Friday the 13th. Yeah, it's just a ton of fun. I wish I could explain it better. But they're just sort of... It, it, the, the first house movie is basically William Cat walking around the house and stuff popping out at him. And it's a bunch of really fun... Cat Williams? It's a lot of really fun, like practical effects and like rubber uh, people in rubber suits and stuff. It's a ton of fun. I need to revisit. So, House Two, which is my favorite of the collection, uh, the second story, if you will, uh, is one of my favorite things I've seen ever. Uh, I saw this a long time ago. This is the movie I talked about a lot that has a uh, gosh, I got to think of the right term, catter puppy. And it's this uh, caterpillar dog puppy thing. So if you're thinking, what are you talking about? This is a movie where... Puppy monkey baby? No. There are... I don't even know how to explain it. Bill Maher's in it. Really? Uh, it's a movie where where uh, these people move into this house and they're having like a party and some friends over. And they, they find out that there's this crystal skull hidden in their house. Not the kingdom of the crystal skull. There's this crystal skull hung uh, in their house and like... Uh, it opens like a dimension to other worlds. Uh, and then somebody comes and steals it. So they go on adventures to try to get it back. And there's even, there's even a moment where they walk through a door and they're in a prehistoric time or whatever, like the Cretaceous period or whatever, where there's dinosaurs and they have oh, to damn. fetch this crystal skull from a flying pterodactyl that's taken it. They go to the pterodactyl's nest. There's a baby pterodactyl. They have to like get the skull. Um, there's also a character named Gramps that I'm in love with. It's this old Western cowboy that's a zombie. Uh, he's like a zombie mummy. Amazing. Um, and the catter puppy. Just, uh, I probably sound crazy. House to the Second Story. Absolutely in love with it. Um, please. So here's the thing you need to know, and I'll move on to you. You do not have to buy the collection from the UK. You can just buy the Arrow box set called House Two Stories um, because you will get the two best ones. Uh, in in America, you can buy that. You you'll get the two best films. I will tell you about three and four in a minute. I like them a lot, but the two best are those. And and you'll get the second story, which is my favorite. So House Collection one and two, love those movies. So we'll get two, three, and four in a minute. Give I, me. I definitely have not seen two, and I uh, love it. That makes me really want to watch it. It's awesome. Uh, All that wackiness you, you just described. You remember when you told me something was like Terrorvision? Yeah, what was I talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Keep going. But I did not like the movie you told me it was like Terravision. Uh, this oh, Blood Diner. That's right. This is like Terravision, but good. Interesting. Uh, tons again, tons of effects. Uh, lot, this is like the video Dead, but good. Uh, lots of lots of like practical effects. Uh, Kane Hodder even makes an appearance. Oh, nice. And, and he has a he has a stunt that he does. Um, dude, it's awesome. Uh, they, there's a lot of stupid stuff that happens in House Two, but it's amazing. So. Uh, give me something from you. Here's another one. I was really excited to watch when it became available to me. The Void. 
Now, disappointingly, I sort of don't know what the hell is going on in this film. And that made me uh, not like it uh, as much. There is a cult. There's a gateway to hell. Maybe they're chasing people into. I'm not sure. What you need to know about the voyages is fantastic practical effects that is trying its hardest to mimic the thing. Which is hard to do. Yes, it's, and it doesn't succeed. But man, it makes a great effort. And the monsters that are on display are totally worthwhile. Make the film totally worthwhile to watch. I got to say, I've heard that exact critique mm -hmm. from every person that's seen The Void. And that super turns me off. The idea that... It's every, not good, every, but one aspect is. Every single person I've listened to, Shockwaves um, and a couple other horror podcasts and articles and stuff... Everyone says that same thing about The Void. It's not good, but it has such good effects, and it makes you want to love 80s films. Mm -hmm. But it's not good. And it's like, if everyone is saying that, why why should I even see it? So I, It I, probably I, won't make my end-of-the-year list. But, man, I was quite excited to see, uh, like, entrails and tentacles come out of one body to form a crazy-ass-looking monster yeah. that's stomping on people's heads. That's what I want. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Let's uh, um, watch it if you like practical effects. Let me ask you this. Monsters. I'm about to I'm about to surprise you with something. Lay it on me. Are you Shoot it from the hip, baby. Are you going to talk about Tales from the Hood? I am. Briefly. I watched Tales from the Hood. Oh, nice. So, you uh, why don't you start Tales from the Hood? Okay. Uh, this is a new release from Scream Factory uh, last week, correct? Yes. And uh, I feel like yeah. Uh, this is the first Scream Factory release that I was like excited for because I feel like their current output has kind of been not for easy. But this is one that I was eager uh, to get my hands on. It was one I've never seen before. Yeah, I've never seen it either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was an incredibly strong anthology. And how fire was that first segment? Yeah, first segment was definitely the best. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. That's the dude from Thanks for the Ride, lady. <laughs> Is it? From Creepshow 2. That's awesome, yeah. And he's playing a very similar role. And, and that's why I texted yeah. you. I was like, holy shit, dude. This first segment is great. Yeah. I definitely agree. I agree with you. Uh, the first segment's the best. Uh, I think like the first two or three were great. And I thought the segments got worse as it went. Uh, my favorite segments were one and three. Uh, I dug two. Uh, four what? was way too on the nose. Yeah, I didn't like four. Um, uh, and the wraparound segment was cool. It was okay. I, I dug it. Uh, the second one was the one with the kid and the monster, right? Right. I really liked that one. Uh, I liked how the wraparound segment was actually part of the fourth segment. That was pretty neat. Yeah. I dug that. Oh, yeah. That was, that was definitely the worst one where, like, the dude's, like, being, like... He's, he's this, like, hard-ass murderer and uh, a Clockwork Orange style... They try to rehabilitate him, but it pretty much has the opposite effect yeah. on him. He's just even like more crazy after watching these uh, horrific images of violence. And I thought the message they were trying to convey there is kind of like... Heavy-handed. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, I I agree. And I really liked uh, a lot of the commentary in it. Like one, one Oh, of those themes that are in it. Yeah. This film came out in 92, but there's... Per prevalent as they were then yeah, as they are now yeah. especially the one about the politician yeah, yeah exactly super true yeah yeah, yeah uh, i i agree man i tales from the hood was it was awesome i was a little overhyped but i thought it was really good 
I guess I was excited just because it was new and I hadn't seen it. Like I like I hadn't been told yeah this was good. Um, I was just excited to see a, a new Scream Factory film that I was uh, stoked for. And right after I finished it, uh, I went to my mom's house and I like had to tell her about it. I thought it was just. Did you show it to your mom? I didn't show it to her, but I told her about yeah, it. Yeah, showed it. Showed it to her. Yeah. I really Tells from the Hood was great. It's yeah. awesome. I agree. So that's a two thumbs up from the Ghoul Squad, huh? Yes. So finally, a film we uh, we both agree a- on. agreed on. Yes. Shout out from the Hood. Next, we're gonna watch Bones, Bloods oh. versus Werewolves, Hood of the Living Dead. No, we're not. No, we're not. I got a few more. You go one more. Okay. This is one. Another one. I was excited to watch. E Dog okay. just excited to watch new movies. And I am now talking about L. Oh, Paul Verhoeven. Yes, this yeah. was his uh, latest film. Paul Verhoeven pretty much defined E-Dog's childhood. Here's what's funny. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna lump two Verhoeven films right now. Okay. Okay. Yesterday was Alien Day, so I watched Starship Troopers. Are you like more of a bigger fan than, of Starship Troopers than Alien? Oh, don't well, if you say yes, I'm yes. 100%. Okay, well I'll see you later. Um, what's funny about Verhoeven's film, RoboCop is my favorite film ever of all time, period. Spoilers. I love Starship Troopers, but you know, Total Recall, I'm kind of just like, eh. Yeah, I'm not a big Total Recall Total Recall doesn't do anything for me. Uh, so yeah, I love Starship Troopers, uh, and L was great. It was fantastic. I'm not going to say it was like a return to form or anything, because whatever film he did in 2006 about the girl infiltrating the, the Nazi camps was excellent. Uh, as well and i was super excited to have a new verhoven film to watch and it was wildly entertaining um the story they're telling about this woman being raped and then the actions that she takes afterwards i would not have thought would go in that direction and i feel like the only cliche moment uh the film had was the way the climax plays out but every single jump and turn and twist in that film I didn't know what to expect, and I loved that movie. That is great. Yeah, I want to see it because not only Verhoeven, but it's uh, Oscar buzz. I thought that was crazy. Like, I think it won a Golden Globe for best yeah. foreign film. Yeah, there's a bunch of buzz like all of a sudden at the during award season, and I was just like, isn't this like a sort of a rape revenge sort of e genre thing? Um, and it's getting that kind of attention. I, I right. mean, that's cool. So I definitely I mean, want to see it. It's not like I spit on your grave. Nothing is like I spit on your grave. It's it's not like uh, drawing blanks on other rape revenge films. Last house on the left. It's the last house on the left. Uh, Yeah, yeah, nothing like that. But two thumbs up from one half of the Ghoul Squad. You think you're one half, huh? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, At least a quarter. All right. Uh, that's awesome. I, I want to see L. I have to say, I, I feel like I'm never going to watch you it. You probably won't. Yeah, I probably won't. I, I just got a physical copy from Netflix. Now on to some films you're not going to watch. Lay them on me. House 3 and 4. Let's hear them. So House 3 is a movie called uh, The Horror Show. Uh, very confusing. As If you listen to any other horror podcast that talks about this, you probably heard this a lot. So I'll try to make it quick. That there was another movie called Horror Show? There's a movie. No, there's a movie called The Horror Show. With Kane Hodder? And, uh, Am I wrong? It's Lance Henriksen. Okay. And that is House 4. In, in America, it's literally called The Horror Show. Scream Factory put it out like two years ago. And it's called The Horror Show mm-hmm. by Scream Factory. In the UK, it was called House 3. I, I, have I said 4? It's House 3. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyways... House 3 is the horror show. 
And I'll get to the movie, but so it's it's kind of confusing. Really, it's not really a house movie. I guess halfway through like production or halfway through like financing, the company that was financing the movie was like, hey, we don't want to make a sequel to like movies no one's seen. So you need to call it something else and make it different. So it's not their fault, I guess. They were making a house three and then they sort of made this. So this is Lance Henriksen is a cop. Uh, it's very Shocker-esque. Lance Henriksen is a cop. He uh, puts this murderer away. It's also very Cape Fear, if you know Cape Fear. Um, he puts this murderer away and uh, the murderer is uh, haunted him ever since. I guess he was like a horrible uh, hatchet-wielding murderer. And uh, he put him away and now he is on death row and he's going to be killed. Um, when he's killed, he is electrocuted and he, uh, basically he can like appear anywhere. He's like in the ether now. So like he can like haunt you forever cause he's like electricity or something. Um, so it's kind of shocker esque, you know, basically did come first house three or shocker. I, I actually, I actually don't know. I think they came out very, very close. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one came out first, but you, you can understand what I'm saying. Basically the guy gets electrocuted, he dies, but now like this guy's spirit is out there. Uh, and then he tries Ooh. to get, uh, just like Cape fear. He tries to get the daughter of, um, Lance Henriksen's character. And so Lance Henriksen's like running around trying to stop this, uh, entity. What the movie actually is though, is this guy. And I don't know his name. I think he might be a wrestler. He's like this big, uh, wide-eyed guy that like makes a bunch of quips. He's almost like Freddy in the movie. He'll pop up and like just cut somebody's arm off with a hatchet, and it's like really good. I think effects by KMB. So the movie was good. It was cool, but it's not really a house movie. So that's the horror show, otherwise known as uh, AKA House Three. Where I feel like I got really excited was uh, House Four. House Four, the repossession, if you will. House Four is awesome. I liked it a lot. Um, I've heard on Shockwaves, they like all shit on it. They hated it. Uh, I thought it was really strong. I thought it was a cool movie. Um, William Cat is back, the character from the first movie, but he's not the character from the first movie. He's just back. Uh, like all the house movies, none of it makes any sense. They're just in another house. Uh, he dies early on in the movie. And then... Were they intending to make House 4 with this? I guess. Yes. This was supposed to be House 4, but William Cat is back, but he's not that character from the first movie, but he's sort of... Because he's a dad? I don't know. Uh, these movies were clearly not well produced, but the movie is actually his wife, because he dies early on in the movie, his wife trying to restore this old house, and then things go bump in the night, and then it gets completely insane, spirals out of control, and like William Katz, like, uh, brother-in-law wants to buy the house from him so they can like develop it into some nuclear facility where they dump waste or something. Point being, uh, House 4 is really fun. It has a bit with the pizza guy. I'm the pizza guy. I'm your pizza man. I'm your pizza man. Has this great song. I'll show it to you later on YouTube. Uh, House for the Repossession. I liked it more than the horror show, which I think people who have seen these films, which is no one, will disagree with. So are you going one, two, four, three? <coughs> I am going two, one, four, three. You're going two, one. Two, one, four, three. I love House 2, The Second Story. Well, damn. So that is the house box set. This is one of my favorite things I've bought in a long time. If you're out there um, and you like wacky, like, 80s horror, things like Terrorvision, but a little, I think a little bit better than Terrorvision, pick this up. It's totally worth it. Uh, if you're not into, like, wacky horror, stay away from it. Stay away because it's... Would you call it a horror comedy? Yes. Okay. Uh, house 2, The Second Story will be an honorable mention of mine. All right. Um, so, yeah, again... Uh, because Josh Goes to Hell was... I think he was asking if he should buy it. If Josh Goes to Hell 
if you like wacky horror, buy this set. Uh, especially the UK one if you're interested. If you're out there and don't want to buy the UK one. Do you, do you have to have a region-free player? Nope. To, no? It's completely region-free. Oh, nice. I watched it on my Xbox One. So, I apologize awesome. if no one cares about the four house movies, but... Uh, I was pretty excited. I love this set. Um, I definitely recommend anybody to buy it. I also got the Phantasm set, but we'll save that for the next episode. You know, I've been toying with the idea of getting just the the two disc. You re- you should set. you should unless you're going to borrow them from me, which you can. Uh, you should because uh, one and two are awesome. They all have uh, documentaries on them, like hour long documentaries for even three and four. Uh, and I watched them. It was awesome. I mean, I think it's a it's a really strong set. So, house collection, buy it. That's oh, yeah. that. Do you have anything else? Uh, not of what I've been watching. That is the list. So before we proceed, now it is time for Eric Coffins. All right. <laughs> uh, music hour corner. If you're out there and you've got a clever name for this, idea. give us. I think Josh goes to hell. How kid? You guys are good at this. Give us a Shanesaw Massacre. Give us a really stupid name for Edas. Horror punk segment. E doggy, E da, Eric, Eric Coffins. Uh, use any of those horror punk segment. Yes. So let's, uh, there's going to be, are you confident about this? Let's let it roll. All right. Are you ready to let it roll? Yes. Let it roll. Go ahead. All right. Uh, the band I have chosen to speak about for my very first horror punk segment is a band that formed in 2010 in Atlanta, Georgia, the Casket Creatures. Led by singer Ryan Cadaver. Uh, they have released one EP and three albums in the seven years that they have been a band. Their latest album, Deranged, released in 2016, has a song titled Just Like Tucker and Dale. Obviously about the film, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, a film that I hope to talk about a little bit later. Other bangers off the album Deranged include Devil's Trap, Hexed, Gore on the Dance Floor 2, as well as the album's title track, Deranged. Uh, I believe Hexed is the single for the album, um, which has a very awesome uh, music video. Um, The Casket Creatures have a bit of a pop-punk melodic sound to them, making them very catchy, uh, in my opinion. Uh, the Casket Creatures can be found on iTunes, YouTube, and their Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Casket Creatures. Wow. 
I uh, gotta say, this is not sponsored. <laughs> the way you read that <laughs> sounded like it was like they're paying us. No, no, this is a band <laughs> that I found. Um, there's this dude. If you'd like to sponsor us, uh, there's this dude I found on Twitter. His handle is Mr. Gore, and he runs a horror punk website called The Dead House. Oh, that's awesome. And I follow him, and he'll tweet uh, his articles that he writes. Um, and I think he tweeted uh, the link to the this music video, Hexed. Um, but what's also cool about Mr. Gore is um, he does horror punk reviews for Tom Holland's Terror Time website. Yeah. So there. if you're looking for some other horror punk news, follow Mr. Gore on Twitter or go hit up Tom Holland's uh, Terror Time website. Are they sponsoring us too? Nope, nope, just trying to inform the community <laughs> of the horror punk that. scene oh, and man. bands that I really like that I think you guys should check out. No, that's awesome. Uh, let us know if you think it's a good idea. I'm excited that you... Yeah, let yeah. us know if I should continue that or if that was just like a waste of time. Yeah, everybody just hates you. Yeah. Now, I think people like you a lot more than they like me, so uh, I think... Oh, gonna... duh! <laughs> <laughs> Kiki sucks the D. Yes. Kiki produces this entire podcast alone, but he sucks the D. <laughs> so... Yeah, that was Eric's Creature Corner. I think that I think that's a website, so we shouldn't we shouldn't okay. say that. That was Eric, that was E Dog's hideous horror punk hour. Oh, see, that's great. That's actually really good. Um, someone will come up with something better because we are not creative in any way. Yeah. Before we get to our feature presentation, okay. Before we get to that, I got one for you. Uh, the news about Lock and Key. What are your thoughts? And the reason I ask you is because it isn't Carlton. What's his last name? Cues. Uh, developing it. Who was the showrunner for Bates Motel? Bates Motel. So this as is, well as my favorite show of all time, Lost. So this is based off a graphic novel uh, written by Joe Hill. Uh, first episode is supposed to be directed by Scott De- uh, Derrickson. Uh, I know nothing about the graphic novel. Right, me I don't know anything it's about. Uh, so just quickly, or is this something you're looking forward to? Are you excited about Lock and Key? All the people you just mentioned makes me excited about it. This is a comic or graphic novel. I'm not sure which one it is. Me uh, neither. That people talk about a lot. So mm-hmm. it sounds fun. Um, I'm not going to look into it because I'd rather just watch the show now. Sure. It's exciting. Uh, I will say Carlton Cuse also produced The Strain, which I did not like. So I never really gave it a chance. Uh, I did. And the I girl did not. I was seeing was watching it, and so I'd catch it here and there, but are I you, never sat down. With are you it. not seeing that girl anymore? I am. I just didn't know how to <laughs> phrase it. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Carlton Cuse, who did Lost and uh, Bates Motel, also did uh, The Strain. I didn't like The Strain. But uh, that's cool. Lock and yeah. Key. Cool. Um, it's exciting. I think that's it for the first half of the podcast, huh? Are we getting into uh, yes, but the meat? Yes. But before <laughs> our... Where's the meat? What? Uh, before our uh, final feature presentation, uh, Mate's meat and man's gotta eat. Motel hell. Keep going. Yes, I know. Um, before we get to our uh, actual topic, which is what? Tell us what our topic is. I already forgot. Horror comedies. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, we think we know what our next episode topic is, and I want to say it here. Okay, lay it on me. Friday the 13th. Uh, we're going to talk about the date? No, on the next like, episode like, of the Ghost Oh, the Squad next episode's going to come out on Friday the 13th. Yeah, no, we're going to do a Friday the 13th topic of the oh, entire we're franchise. we're going to play the game together. Okay, that's enough. So our next episode of the podcast, uh, we're going to call it right here, is finally something I've wanted to do forever, and it's our ranking, the Friday the 13th franchise, which I am in love with, and so is Ida. I will exclusively talk about the film 
Saturday the 14th. Eric likes, I think Eric's going to put Josh goes to hell. Sorry. Jason goes to hell as number one. You'll have to tune in to the next episode to tune find out. Tune in. You know what? I think after this episode, we're going to lose a lot of listeners. You think? No. Uh, we don't have any. Enough of these stupid, annoying jokes. It is now time for our top five horror comedies. Yep. So, Keen usually hates on me for having some type of rules whenever I come up with my list. It's a segment of the podcast I like to call EDA's Arbitrary Exclusions. I do feel like sometimes maybe that does hamper uh, my list. My goal is to usually just try to shed light on films that may not be quite as popular. (laughs) But, you know, the films I'm talking about anyways, people probably already uh, know. So, with this being horror comedies, I try to rate or rank my films putting emphasis on comedy. Now, there's some films on my list that I think are better than others, but the inferior one I thought was funnier, so it's going to be higher on mm-hmm. my list. So, yeah, I just put I put emphasis on comedy when trying to come up with my list. And I think I ranked my list based on the film I like more. So I didn't think about the – I mean, of course, I picked horror comedies. But I didn't think about like, oh, this one's funnier than the other, which I think you're doing. Correct. Uh, I just did which movie do I like more um, or which movie fits in with the topic more. I know this sounds arbitrary, but, you know, which one sounds like top five horror comedies where I feel like you specifically are thinking of like this one made me laugh a lot more. Correct. For instance. Um, Yeah. So that's good criteria. Before we get to our honorable mentions, uh, what do you think makes a good horror comedy? Humor. Makes, and that's the end of the podcast, and, folks. And, you know, makes me laugh. Uh, no, no, there's, you know, there's, I have a very immature sense of humor. Really? Crazy immature. I, like I toilet humor, like shit humor, like diarrhea humor. What kind of humor? Shit humor. <laughs> like that, that'll genuinely make me laugh. Yeah, me too. So, uh, I'm pretty juvenile. Yeah. If you, you haven't know, figured that out. Uh, and I, and I kind of feel like a lot of that humor was like prevalent in like the mid two thousands. Yeah. And I'll talk a tiny bit more about that. And I feel like some of that hasn't aged uh, quite as well, but like if Keegan farted right now, I'd probably laugh. No, you wouldn't. Cause you'd be hurt that I farted in your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. If I farted, I'd probably start. Laughing, yes. Which uh, I did earlier. And I hope the mic picked it up. Yeah. I'm a big fan of uh wacky bullshit. Correct. Um, unless it's blood diner, then I'm not, you know, I've heard the term splat stick before. Yeah. You know, where like the gore is just so over the top that it's funny. Mm. I've never found that to be silly. I, I'm a gore guy. Well, we we love that, but I don't think it's exactly funny that exactly. it's splatter. Yeah. I want violence. I want gore, but I've never laughed at it. Sure. In my head, I'm just like, oh, that's sick. That's tight. I, I think we kind of agree on that, actually. So I've never been a, a splat stick guy. You're not, you're not going to find bad taste on my list. Okay. Mine neither. Yeah. Uh, Dead Alive is on my honorable mentions. But before we spoil our entire list, I think we should just do our honorable mentions now, right? Okay. I'll go. Do you have anything I'll else you want? You give me one. You want me to give you one first? Sure. Okay. Uh, let's see. I, you know, I feel, you know, I'm a little intimidated. I feel like, wow. uh, I'm not sure actually. I will. Look, can I say just one thing real quick? The last no, no. What if I said no? Then I would interrupt you. Um, I feel like the last few episodes, I've really been slacking. 
Wow. I feel like uh, I'll come up with my list like, you know, soon around the time we're going to record. Easy peeling back where, the curtain. Whereas this time, like I actually sat down and revisited uh, films, you mm-hmm. know, so I could, you know, have a more fresh in my head. And I had a really good time revisiting these films. Okay, but you want me to go first. After that incredible introduction, you're asking me to go first. Sure. Okay. Uh, so my first honorable mention is... Oh, before, Just like Tucker and Dale. Go ahead. Before we get to uh, my first honorable mention, I just want to say that I, I have noticed because when I was making, when I was constructing this list, I did notice that if you are a listener of this podcast, uh, which <laughs> is you of, aren't, it's, right? Exactly. It's a joke because uh, we don't have listeners. No, I'm kidding. We've been told not to say that. Brian, the horror at the horror nerd, told us not to say that. Yeah, he did. Um, but I haven't heard from that guy ever since then. Hey, Brian, if you're still listening, what's up, Brian? Hit us up. How's it going? I do. I did want to point out that I feel like we're going to, because we've done enough episodes now, uh, we are going to talk about the same movies. Um, sure. Not, not every time, not, not over and over again, but they are going to come up. Sure. And so, for instance, my first honorable mention is Serial Mom. I recently talked about Serial Mom a lot, and I, I think it was a couple episodes ago. I'm not, I'm not sure. You know, for example, Serial Mom. But enough about that. My first honorable mention is Serial Mom. Film I've not seen, but looking forward to. This is a movie new blue. by John Waters. Coming out on Blu-ray from Scream Factory. I have a UK blue, but I also have this one pre-ordered. Uh, and I love it. I've loved this movie since I was a kid. I know it sounds crazy because it's really sort of a uh, dirty movie. Like, I don't call a lot of things dirty, but John Waters. But that's tight. Is dirty. And uh, so is Serial Mom. And so I've always loved this movie. Uh, it is very madcap humor, but it's extremely dark black comedy. And uh, I love it. I've, I've loved Serial Mom forever. I actually don't even know that many John Waters films. Pecker. Uh, of course, I know who he is. You know, the guy with the mustache. But this movie has been one of my favorites for a long time. Uh, you know, it's about a suburban mother that just goes crazy and starts killing people. Uh, but it's a ton of fun because everybody wants to deny it. Oh, she, well, she can't be killing people. She's a suburban mom. She, you know, drives a minivan. But she's hacking up the neighbor. So, also, uh, what's Shaggy's name? Freddie Prince Jr.? No, that's not Matthew Lillard. Yes, you got it. Thank you. Matthew Lillard's in it, and uh, he's a video store nerd. Um, and he is always he's and throughout the entire film, he's talking about uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis. Actually, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this pre or post? I believe this is post scream. Okay, so very, he's playing Randy. Very similar to Randy. Very similar to that character. Uh, but th- he is doing more of like the splatter H.G. Lewis, uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis, uh, okay. Blood Feast stuff. So in he's fact, Juno. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, in fact, even in the film, he, he he's watching the movies on like uh, CRT TV a bunch. So anyways, um, Serial Mom, just an awesome movie. By the end of the movie, like he's like her agent and trying to figure out uh, like he's like, you're going to be bigger than like Freddie and Jason. So like it, it has like a lot of horror stuff. References. In it. References. Um, and it's also just darkly black comedy funny so um that's serial mom give me an honorable mention from you cabin fever love cabin fever now i remember this film used to kill me and you know i still liked it but it wasn't quite as funny and i think it's because some of the humor as i just said earlier maybe didn't age well let me give you an example okay okay there's a scene they've recently arrived at the cabin bert has a gun Several of the other characters are concerned about Bert having a gun. I think Paul asks, you know, what are you going to do with a gun? And he says, I'm going to shoot squirrels. 
And he says, why? He says, because they're gay. And I kind of feel like that's Eli Roth humor. Yeah. In, you know. A nutshell. In a nutshell. And that was funny to like 10th grade Eric. And not so much anymore to me. I, yeah. I kind of feel like, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just being too politically correct. Could be. But I feel like that's not funny anymore. And that joke is used or like calling something gay as a punchline is used multiple times yeah. uh, in that film. Now, the funniest part in that film, in my opinion, if pancakes? you remember. Pancakes? Not pancakes. I still love pancakes. Uh, you, when we meet Deputy Winston. Oh, uh, it's the, the, the party, party man. man. Yeah, I do. Right. I love him so much. Yes, he's, he's definitely maybe the funniest character definitely. Uh, in the film. So he learns that there was a <laughs> scuffle the night before. He wants to hear about it. So the character Paul, Ryder Strong's character, uh, is telling him what's happening. They tell him about how beat up the truck has gotten. And he asks, you know, can you get us a tow truck? And Deputy Winston's like, no problem, man. I can get you guys a tow truck. <laughs> so flash forward to almost the near end of the film, Paul and Deputy Winston and Deputy Winston have another run-in together. And Paul's like, Hey man, what happened to the tow truck you were supposed to get me? And he's like, Oh man, that tow truck broke down and I had to send a tow truck for that tow truck. And I and it killed me. Do that you, was fantastic. That? Do you remember? Yes, that? I remember that. Yeah. Such such a funny moment. I love that character. It's it's I, the party man. We still say, uh, my group of friends, that uh, we still say it's the party man. <laughs> uh, you just sit back and you drink a big forty. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a cop. I love it. Uh, so <coughs> I agree. That is Kevin Fever, right? Yep. An honorable mention of yours. That is an honorable mention of mine. All right. So another honorable mention for me, which I feel like is a you know it's a horror comedy, as far as I know, right? It is Hatchet. Hey, that's one of mine too. So yeah, I mean, honorable mentions. I, you know, I feel like we've talked a lot about Hatchet. It made my uh, Slashers episode. We talked about it quite a bit on the Slashers episode. Um, we talk about Adam Green all the time. We love Adam Green. Mm-hmm. Shout out! Uh, they have a Patreon now. Did you notice? That? I did know that. I'm a contributor. I know you're not because awesome. you are. Because that's not something E Dog does. That, what does that even mean? Um, so you know, we're big fans. I mean, E Dog's just sitting back drinking a big forty, <laughs> a man. Big forty, man. Um, so we're big fans of Hatchet. Doctor uh, Mambo. But I feel like you know what Hatchet is. so Sure. So let's talk about some of the silly scenes, though. Okay. In Hatchet. Uh, I think the silliest character in Hatchet has to be uh, Dean Richmond's character, uh, Marcus. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's great, yeah. Uh, and I feel like he's playing the same character that he's playing in Scream 3. Yeah. It was that real silly moment where they're in the mansion and, and Ghostface is chasing uh, Dean Richmond's mm-hmm. character and he calls Ghostface a motherfucker. Yeah. And it's funny. Also, uh, the tour guide is hilarious. Uh, oh, yeah. Perry, Perry Shen. Shin's character. Perry Shen, yeah. yes, yes. We absolutely love that character. Oh, and if you look on the right, like he's just being like a fuck. <laughs> why did you even come on this tour then? Yeah. Uh, oh. He's awesome. One of the initial times Victor first attacks them. Sorry if you haven't seen Hatchet out there, by the way. Yes. <laughs> um, get on that. That's definitely a goal squad. If you haven't seen Hatchet, please. Uh, Victor is hideously deformed. Yes. And one of the first times they are attacked. The group gets um, split up. They eventually come back together. But they can't find Marcus. And Marcus is up in a tree. Yeah. So they ask him, Marcus, what can you see, you know, from your, your new vantage point? Mm-hmm. And he says, I can see that there ain't no dead elephant man coming after me. <laughs> and that killed easy. Oh, my God. So good. Yeah. And there's another scene where with, with Marcus where he's trying to see what is in a bush. Also very funny. 
Yes. Yes. Also victim of calling things gay as something humorous. But other than that, Hatchet is silly. Sure. Product of its time. Yes. Uh, give me an honorable mention of yours. The Final Girls. Love that movie. This is a film talked about uh, before. Film. Very near and dear uh, to E-Dog's heart. Yes. Um, and just like the Randy character, just like this character you just talked about uh, in Serial Mom, uh, I can't think of the actor's name, Thomas Middleditch. Yes. In the film. From his, Silicon Valley. Correct. In the film, his name is Duncan, and he's the movie nerd. Uh, in the film, you know, everybody's scared that they're in this scenario where they're in a slasher, but he's just got this enthusiasm about him, and he uh, has a bunch of the uh, comedic scenes. Yes. Uh, to him. I love Final Girls, uh, also a film with um, Tysa Farmiga. Correct. Which any Farmiga is good Farmiga in my book. Is there only two of them? As far as, I, as far as I know. As far as you know. So give me a, another honorable mention. All right. So another honorable mention for me is uh, a movie that might not even be horror comedy, and that is Reanimator. Okay. Is I mean, is this a horror comedy? I don't even really... You know what? Let, let's talk about this for a moment. Sure. So horror comedy, in my head... Let me put on some some like a monocle right now. In in my head, horror comedy is intentionally funny. Yeah. Now, do you kind of feel like you're calling Reanimator? No, I think it's intentionally comedy? funny. You no. think it's got humorous moments, oh, yeah. or you don't think it's just kind of cat dead? Ask questions later. Whatever the note says. All right. I think it's just throwing the cat against the wall. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's supposed right. to be funny. It's like when people call Fright Night a horror comedy. It's not a horror comedy at all. Another honorable mention for me is Fright Night. But I kind of feel like people are calling it a horror comedy because it's like they don't know how to catalog it. Yeah. Or maybe they're calling it a comedy because maybe the effects look bad or something. But I don't think... No, absolutely not. I mean, Fright Night's one of the best movies ever. Uh, I'm just well, saying... No, I agree with you. I love Fright Night. But in my head, that's not horror comedy. That's just a horror film. All right, let's move on from Reanimator. What's another one from you? Now, this is definitely horror comedy. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of the director's I don't name, like the so way I'll just say the film. I don't like the Peter way Jackson's The Frighteners. Oh, okay. You know, I've never seen The Frighteners. You're lying! I'm lying! You're lying. I've never seen it. Are you serious? Yeah, I know. I know. It's one of your favorites. That's insane. I remember when you uh, bought the DVD at Hastings. That's genuinely fucking insane. Okay. That you haven't seen The Frighteners. Always wanted to, just never seen it. Oh, damn, dude. Funny film. Funny film. Now, are you not a Michael J. Fox fan? Am I not a Michael J. Fox fan? I love Michael J. Fox, duh. Who doesn't? Interesting tidbit about Michael J. Fox and The Frighteners. I guess that's when he learned. I grew up. He was developing Parkinson's. Oh, yeah. That sucks. And he would start to say Back to the Future lines. While on the set of Frighteners, that's but yeah, yeah, that's terrible. But the film is awesome. I grew, it's I genuinely grew, sick and funny film. I grew up on Back to the Future, so um, I love Michael J. Fox. Oh, okay. We're ta- yeah, okay. Keep going. Okay, so another honorable mention for me is a movie you haven't seen. So fuck you, Chopping Mall. I have not seen Chopping Mall. I, you know, again, this is a movie where you could say it's not a horror comedy. I'm pretty sure it is. So we've talked about it a lot on the podcast, and I. You know, I think it was a couple of these where I was like, fuck, I've talked about these a lot. So, again, um, Chopping Mall. Love it. It's an awesome movie. I think it's the best in the Vestron video Blu-ray line. Happy to hear that they're continuing. Yes, I did get the Wishmaster set. Haven't started it yet, though. So, give me another honorable mention from you. E-Dog is confident this is going to make your top five. And it is... The Burbs. Uh-oh. Joe Dante's uh, The Burbs. Uh, rewatched do you, it. Do you want to just save it? Okay, I won't talk about it, but I will sure. tell a quick story. I rewatched it uh, for this uh, episode. 
I showed it to my mom and nephew who had not seen it. Did they think it was the best movie we ever had? Made? A very enjoyable time cracking up watching the Burbs. Uh, yeah, uh, I feel like I can't give enough to the Burbs, so I will uh, later. So another honorable mention from me is a movie that could make your list. Not that's sure true. if it's horror comedy, and that's Slither. James Gunn Slither. Slither is an I have an honorable mention. Yeah, and I feel like it could have been a top five contender, but it's been a minute since I've watched it. And Same the reason here. I chose not to rewatch it is because we're about to get that new blue. Yeah, I want to watch it in what yeah. June? Uh, yes, June. So June twenty seventh. So I just decided I'll wait. Yeah. Revisit it then. Yeah, but Slither is a Same silly here. film. We love James Gunn. Love Slither. So that's Slither. Uh, mm-hmm. Another one from you. My name is Bruce. Mm-hmm. I actually just revisited uh, this film. Bruce Campbell is playing a exaggerated version of himself. Uh-huh. He's this washed-up actor that can't get any. Uh, good roles anymore. He's divorced. Playing a, I'm just. He lives in this. He lives in this awful uh, trailer. His dog uh, doesn't even like him. Uh, there's this terrific bit at the very beginning of the film. There are these two kids driving. The one driving, you learn he's like a horror movie fan, and the kid in the passenger seat, he's this like too cool for school type of guy. You know, his biggest concern is getting laid. Right. So in say the, that again. Getting laid, you know, just drink a big forty, man. <laughs> um, okay, getting laid. So, so the so the 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 passenger, the the cool kid, he sees that the kid uh, driving, he's got a stack of DVDs, and they're all Bruce Campbell films. And what's funny is he's reading the titles of these films, and they're actual Bruce Campbell films, and he's just talking about how like how awful these films are which they're not so it's like alien apocalypse like shit he did for like the sci-fi channel okay so that is so so the kid driving gets angry Mm -hmm. and he stops and he says something like you know bruce campbell's the greatest actor of our generation if you don't like him you can get out of the car you can walk and the kid who's you know knocking bruce campbell he goes calm down man i kind of liked bubba hotep and the kid (laughs) driving goes everybody liked bubba hotep and that's it that's why it's on your list and it's one of the sillier moments in the film. Well, that sounds awesome. You know, I've always needed to see uh, the film. I don't know if it has a Blu-ray release. I mean, I have not. It, does, it doesn't. Image is terrible. I think it's called RLJ Entertainment now. They put out Digging Up the Marrow. Yeah, I know because... I don't know if they helped produce or finance the film. They didn't. They just, they, they're just distributing, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't want to talk shit, but they just... Um, they have a lot of stuff in their catalog they need to put out. But anyways, Too Much in the Weeds. That was... My name is Bruce, right? My name is Bruce. All right, so uh, another honorable mention from me is What We Do in the Shadows. As well as I. Uh, one of my favorite movies in a long time. As everyone out there knows, it's about, uh, I think it's five vampires, uh, including Peter, who live together in a flat in, I believe, New Zealand, right? That sounds right. Anyways, uh, and uh, it's amazing. You know, I feel like we've talked a lot, a lot, a lot about What We Do in the Shadows. Sure. Not only did it make my top five that year it also made my top vampires vampires so, so we, go back a few episodes let's wind the clocks back a year now um what we do in the shadows one of my favorite movies uh really of all time like i don't say that lightly easily one of the best horror comedies uh, made in a while uh just too new so didn't make my top five um what's another one from you i don't have anything else all right i'll do some more let's hear it. uh night of the creeps Night of the Creeps is on my list. Which is a movie I love. So we're going to talk about it then? Sure. Okay. And uh, Monster Squad. Not, Absolutely. Not sure if that's a horror comedy. It's 
Yeah. Um, I, I have it over here written down. For those who don't know, um, our podcast is kind of titled after Monster Squad. Yep. And also just because you had a song called Ghouls You Back Off. And we thought it'd be funny, ghouls you back off. Uh, Originally, squad. we were ghoul cast, if you remember correctly, but there already was a ghoul cast. Right. I kind of didn't want you to say that because there is a ghoul cast. So we are not the ghoul cast, but um, we, we're the ghoul squad. We took that idea and we thought, oh, monster squad, ghoul squad, squad. Okay, we'll do that. Um, so that's where our name comes from. Uh, love monster squad. Uh, also, scary movie two. Okay. Um, I know there's a lot of people that don't like the scary movie films. I think. Um, I will get to that in a minute. So I love Scary Movie 2. Didn't make my top five. Tremors. Movie I sure. love. I grew up. You know, I hope I don't sound too young. Um, I kind of grew up watching Tremors on like TNT. I'm with uh, you. I hope I don't sound too young. I love Tremors. So fantastic uh, horror comedy. Return of Living Dead. Not going to be on my top sure. five. Not really. Sh- again, not really sure if it's a horror, quote unquote, horror comedy. It is very funny. Love Return of Living Dead. A movie that you're going to yell at me. So don't freak out. Uh, not going to be on my top five, uh, Tucker and Dale versus evil. I absolutely love this film. Not going to be on my top five. So it's an honorable mention for me. Deathgasm. Another. How could I forget Deathgasm? Fantastic horror comedy. Absolutely. Not going to make my top five house one house two. I think, I think I'm good. Yeah. That's, that's my honorable mentions. Uh, American werewolf in London. This is the end. Scott's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Yeah, round out my honorable mentions. Yeah, again, American Werewolf in London. I didn't even include it because it is a funny. But, but is it horror it's comedy? It's not really a horror comedy, yeah. Sure. So uh, I wouldn't begrudge anybody for saying it was. But it, to me, it just I feel like I shouldn't include that. So That was a sturdy list of honorable mentions. I feel like, Yeah, I feel like that was a really good honorable mention segment. Yeah. Um, who wants to go first? I will go first. So this is our top five favorite horror, horror comedies. comedies. I feel like it's a very large topic. It is um, a large topic. I think we're going to have similar stuff, uh, but I think we're also going to have a couple that are wildly different. So what is Eric Hoff's uh, number five okay. favorite horror comedy? Let me give an introduction to this film first. Let's hear the okay. introduction. I was going to put Shaun of the Dead on my list. Okay. Right? It's one of the funniest horror comedies. It's one of the best movies ever, period. Right? Absolutely. And if I did that, it would have knocked this movie off. So easy created an arbitrary exclusion. So I decided not to include Shaun of the Dead because we talked about it last episode. And the movie that solidified the number five spot on my list, uh, rewatched it for this episode, had a ball by myself rewatching it. I'm talking about the stoner horror comedy... Evil Bong 666. Hollow Weed, Weed of the Dead. <laughs> no. Evil Bong versus Gary Busey. Devin Sawa's Idle Hands. Wow, okay, cool. This movie is a riot. So let me give a quick uh, <laughs> okay. let me give a quick overview of the film. Uh, I have never seen Idle Hands. You're lying, and I, and dude. I want to you're see really lying. Bad. I, I could I guess I could lie and tell you I've seen oh it. Oh my gosh, dude, that's so crazy. That's crazy that I'm sitting here with you. You're like the one person who's yeah. like my horror confidant. Is that a good thing? I suppose. And it's just, it's blowing my mind yeah. that I'm currently recommending titles to you. Frighteners and Idle Hands, yes. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, like these are like older films that I just assume everybody has seen. Yeah. Whereas, you know, like a new film like The Void. Since, since you're not sitting here with us, just assume Kigi is blushing because I just have to sit here and look like an idiot. So, okay. yes, so, I so, know the Frighteners. I know Idle Hands. Okay. Please, go so, ahead. So, I guess I won't talk about some of the funnier moments because I'd like for you just to experience no, them. go ahead. Um, the way they're in it. 
Devin Sawa plays the stoner. Uh, you learn that there's this evil force that purposely seeks out the laziest slacker it can find. You. And it possesses uh, Devin Sawa's right hand. Um, little interesting tidbit. The offspring are in the climax, and Tom DeLong from Blink-182 even makes a little cameo in it. No longer in Blink-182, but uh, uh, I used to be a big fan of the offspring in the late 90s. Love the offspring. Sure. So it's about this crazy slacker dude trying to find a way to rid his hand of the evil. Um, and I can't help but think, uh, you know, Evil Dead 2, you know, because, you know, there's 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 mm-hmm. fi- there's there's moments like that where he's fighting uh, with his hand. Absolutely. Uh, it's so good. Uh, Seth Green is in it as uh, one of his stoner friends. Um, Jessica Alba is in it just looking incredibly pretty. Oh, good. Um, it is such a fun, fun film. And I. Give it my highest recommendation to you, sir, to watch Idle Hands. So, yeah, uh, I, 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 like that's a film like I'd seen before, and I thought, well, I'll rewatch it, you know, for, you know, for this episode. And I was like, whoa, I don't remember this movie being that good. You know, it's on Blu-ray. So I did not know that. Yeah. So it was like a pleasant surprise getting to enjoy myself with a film that I'd already seen. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, number five, Idle Hands. You know, I've always needed to see it. Uh, every, I think every horror podcast I listen to is always talking about Idle Hands. So it's legit, I, dude. I got you, man. I'll, I'm going to watch it. That's all I can say. Let's hear Keggy's numero cinco. All right. So my number five favorite uh, horror comedy is a movie I feel like I'm going to get shit for for including. Lay it on me. Not from you, I don't think. But I think a lot of people hate this series and do not like this film. And uh, it is the original scary movie. I'm a huge, huge fan of the first scary movie. And also, as I mentioned, scary movie too. Uh, this is when they were written and, and directed or whatever by the Wayans brothers. Yes. And, and, the, and the first two, especially the first one. Masters of the parody. Yes. Uh, a lot of people, I think a lot of people think that they're making, f- uh, like actually making fun of horror movies. And I never got that. I always, I, I've always saw these, seen these movies as like fun, hilarious parodies Tributes. of horror movies. You know, some of my favorite things include uh, Ghostface smoking a fish bong, uh, a fish, uh, fish tank bong, chilling, uh, killing, killing. Uh, also, the was up bit with Ghostface, where where they, he, it's the it's was up. Uh, if you're if you're young out there, you won't know this, but Budweiser uh, had that commercial, and they parody that. And uh, at the end, he says, what you doing, son? And he says, nothing. Just chilling. Killing. And and every single time he's yelling, what's up? He's got a different mask. Yes. On. Like his <laughs> his mask is making different like goofy yes. faces. Yeah. And, funny. and uh, his 40 that he's holding is, is, is instead of saying Miller, it says killer <laughs> on it. And, it, it, you know, if this sort of the, thing. The first one is legit good. I love the first scary movie so much. Uh, it, it is it is easily one of my favorite comedies of all time. And so, you know, again, I'm sure there's people out there that don't like it. But um, also Ghostface's uh, mask whenever he's high is one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my whole life. I don't smoke weed, but I think weed jokes are very funny and I don't know why. And uh, sure. uh, Ghostface getting high is very funny to me. And there's also just so many other good jokes about about horror and just 
a lot of the stupidity and stuff that's in horror that I love, but is also hilarious to point out and laugh at. So um, a lot of that's in some other movies that we're going to talk about too. So um, I've never understood the hate for the scary movie, uh, at least one and two, uh, but especially the first one. I love it. Uh, I feel like this is a thing I talk about a lot, which is called sequel-itis. And this is a thing where people remember uh, original- Charlie Sheen original films exactly as their sequels so for instance people think saw is saw seven or saw five and saw is not even a torture movie um people remember paranormal activity as the shitty sequels and not the actually really scary strong first film exactly so the first two are good and the first one is one of my favorite horror comedies so that's my number five scary movie uh i was when i was constructing this list i was i was i i felt self-conscious about it because I included scary movies. So there you go. Now let me pose a question to you that you don't have to answer. If this is horror comedies, is scary movie a horror film? No, I don't think a horror comedy has to be horror, horror or scary. I know that sounds crazy, but no, it can be a comedy about horror movies. Sure. Um, I get you. Another film on my list, uh, which we'll talk about soon. I don't think is really a horror movie at all, but it's kind of horror comedy. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So uh, my number five was Scary Movie. And what are we on? Your four? We are on my four. Wow, we're going kind of fast. What is your number four favorite? My number four is Cabin in the Woods. Okay. Now, let me clarify something up real quick. Cabin in the Woods is incredible. It is such a good movie. If I was on my deathbed, I'm just about to croak. I'm moments from taking my last breath. And someone was like, E-Dog! Recommend me a movie. I would say Cabin in the Woods because it's just that good. Absolutely. And one of the things that makes it so good is the humor in it. And what makes the humor so good in uh, Cabin in the Woods are the characters. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's one character. His name is Marty. He's the stoner uh, of the group of the kids, of the stereotypes. And what's silly about Marty is he's the voice of reason throughout the film mm-hmm. and he's high the entire time so it throws in the face of like the trope of the high dumbass in horror right uh he actually is the one that knows what's going on the entire time yeah. correct yeah yeah i'll talk about it in a minute but go ahead there are two more characters uh citizen and hadley i won't describe their role in the film because i don't want to give uh them away but yeah, the characters are just so well written in this film. And what's funny is they're written as tropes. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of like, and also like another joke mm-hmm. uh, that the film is delivering us. But um, it's such a silly, awesome film. Cabin in the Woods. Also, I got to say the, uh, actually, never mind. I will talk about it in a minute. So okay. that was your number four. That was my number four. Cabin in the Woods. Cabin uh, in the do Woods. you think that. Hell of a film. Do you think that plays into some of your like. Um, you're looking more for humor, uh, on your list. Like, do you think that next, your next films are going to be funnier than Cabin in the Woods? Exactly. So my next sure. films, I, so specifically three, two, one and two are debatable in terms of which ones are better in my opinion. Uh, the, my number three is definitely not as good as Cabin in the Woods, but I, I think it's so much more funnier. All right. So that's your number four. Let's hear your number four, sir. So my number four is a movie I asked you if I should include, uh, and as I was asking if I should include it, I realized this might be the only episode to make it onto a list. So as I was asking you, I realized, yeah, I have to put it on there. Uh, but I will say I don't like if you if you were like, is this film a horror movie? I would say no. But is it a horror comedy? 
Probably. And it is one of my favorite films of all time. And it's The Burbs. So Very good. The, the Burbs by Joe Dante is uh, my number four favorite uh, horror comedy. And, you know, what do I say about it? If you haven't seen The Burbs, you know, I apologize. But it's just, it's one of my favorite movies ever made. I watched it because of you. Yeah. And uh, it's Joe Dante. Joe Dante is one of my favorite directors. I feel like Joe Dante is like logstep with my uh, comedic values, I guess I could say. Like he he gets what, you what think is I think is funny. And uh, that's also in, you know, Gremlins or uh, Matinee. Um, God, Matinee is good. He's so good. So uh, huge, huge fan of Joe Dante. Um, and the burbs, the thing about the burbs is it just makes you feel like you're on Saturday afternoon in a cul-de-sac in the middle of suburbia and you don't have a fucking thing to do. I wish I had those neighbors. Me too. The burbs makes me wish that I lived in this neighborhood, that I had neighbors like that, that, that it was also this time period. Um, nobody has cell phones, people, but people are watching TV because it's the nineties and it's just amazing. Also great Corey Feldman, um, just you yes. know, you know, if you don't know what the Burbs is, it's about uh, Tom Hanks, who I'm also a huge young Tom Hanks fan. Uh, Turner and Hooch, Money Pit, everything else everybody else loves. He he lives in this house in suburbia on this cul-de-sac, and uh, uh, neighbor new neighbors move in, and they're making a lot of noise, and they uh, not taking care of their yard. They're, <laughs> exactly, they're not taking their, care of their yard, and. Uh, the entire neighborhood begins to suspect, suspect that they may be up to something and they might be up to something that's now uh, the whole neighborhood doesn't think they're up to something, but Tom Hanks and his friends think and his that friends, they're up to something. Uh, Rumsfeld played by Bruce Dern yep. and Mark, uh, uh, got art art played by uh, <laughs> uh, Rick Ducommon who recently died. Yes. Um, Ricky was Corey Feldman. Yes. Corey Feldman. Uh, you know, it's just amazing. Like there's, there's, this is the type of movie that has a, you know, it's zooming in on people's faces while they're reacting to something happening. And the last zoom on someone's face is on a dog. Mm-hmm. This is the type of comedy that I love. And it's almost the type of comedy that I feel like if I, you know, I show it to other people, um, I feel like they're not going to get it. You know, oh, I like it, but they're just not going to get it. If and, and maybe that plays into it. Part of it feels like, you it's know, yours. Exactly. But I know, I know a lot of, I'm not saying in the horror community, horror people love the burbs, but I just feel like it's ours. Maybe not mine, but ours. Like it just feels like something that no one's going to get but us. So the burbs, one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, I felt bad putting it at four, but I kind of thought that almost because I feel like it's not a horror movie, I, I ranked it less, but this might make my top 10 of all time. Right. So love the burbs. Uh, Arrow put out an awesome Blu-ray in the UK. There's a horrible Blu-ray in the US, but it's only $10. Buy it. Watch the Burbs. 5,000 thumbs up from the Ghoul Squad. Uh, my favorite bit in the Burbs is at the very end, uh, Tom Hanks is in a ambulance, but he throws himself and the gurney <laughs> into the ambulance, and that is such a good... I hope that was improvised. I think it was. Because it's just such a like off-the-cuff, he's like, he's silly like, moment. He's like, oh, I'm I'm sick. Just take just me. Just take me to just the hospital. Just take me to the hospital. He's just so frustrated. Just, just, just take me to the hospital. He's had his limit, and there's so all, he just throws himself and the gurney into the back of the ambulance. Also, there's also a moment at the end of the film that I don't think is a big spoiler, which, in which uh, Rick Dukovic's character, they... Um, Carrie Fisher is also in the Burbs, and I love she's Carrie Fisher, and I think she's hot in the Burbs, and I I love Carrie Fisher. And I'm she, fine, Carol. 
<laughs> she says she says to uh, Rick Ducamin's character, Art, uh, Art, uh, your house is on fire, and he doesn't say anything. But then she says, and uh, your wife's home. My wife is home. My wife <laughs> doesn't care his house is on fire, but he's pissed his wife is home. Right. Uh, just one of the best movies ever. Very and good. There's another great, uh, another one, one last quick line because we're doing comedy. Uh, uh, Carol, who is played by, uh, which is uh, Tom Hanks' wife, uh, played by Carrie Fisher, uh, will not let Tom Hanks' character leave the house because uh, basically, like, he's in trouble. Right. And so uh, they're, they're, the other characters are asking him, uh, Carol if he can come out and play, like, like he's a little kid and she's his mom. And she says, he's not coming out until he resembles the man that I married. And Rick Common goes, Carol, we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I, I hope I didn't butcher that. It's just amazing. The burbs. Uh, that is my number four. What is Eric Hoff's number three? My number three is a film that I briefly have already talked about. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. First of all, the idea, like the premise of this film is so darn uh, smart. It's a group of kids. They're going camping. You learned it 20 years ago. There was a massacre where these rednecks killed a bunch of kids. We're introduced to Tucker and Dale. There are a couple of rednecks, but they're just as innocent as can be. Uh, but these kids assume because they're rednecks that they are going to uh, go after them. So obviously with that setup, hilarity ensues. ensues. Right. Yes. So early on in the film, uh, one of the, College kids, as they're referred to, college kids, as they're referred to throughout the film, uh, she falls and she hits her head in a body of water. And Tucker and Dale go and save her. But when the kids see that, they think that Tucker and Dale are kidnapping her or taking her body away or something. Yeah, exactly. So the kids devise a plan to go and try to rescue her from Tucker and Dale's uh, cabin, which is a vacation home that they are uh, fixing up. up. Right, exactly. And it's just this like turd. <laughs> Uh, of a cabin <laughs> but but everyone else thinks they're like rednecks like backwoods idiots murderers. like murderers yeah. yeah so one kid draws like the short straw or something and he's got to go look in the cabin to see where they're holding you know this girl and tucker is in the back revving up a chainsaw to cut through a log of wood uh when he cuts through the log of wood there is a beehive in there the bees get startled. They're all around him. So he comes out swinging the chainsaw from behind the cabin. Yes. The kid thinks Tucker, excuse me. Yeah. Tucker is chasing him. Right. And it's silly moments like that that keep happening. And when these moments occur, the kids like inadvertently die. Yeah. Uh, there's a real silly moment where uh, Tucker comes running out with a chainsaw and the kid goes running away from him. The kid's running from Tucker. Tucker's running from the bees. And there's a moment where they like, meet each other yeah and they kind of look at each other like what the hell are what the hell are you doing yeah 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 because um, for the most part uh tucker and dale don't even know that this is going on yeah they don't realize that they've yeah. been uh co-opted singled into, out like, yeah. into thinking that they're these crazy backwoods killers yeah yeah like i love i love the scene where i can't remember which one it is but they're like i, I don't know they just keep killing themselves it must be some kind of suicide, <laughs> suicide pack. Pack. Yeah. yeah like one of them jumps in i don't think it's a spoiler he jumps into a wood chipper and uh, they're just so confused. They're so earnest in the in the parts that they play. Right. Uh, this isn't. This didn't make my list, but it's just. It, it's one of the best horror comedies ever. This it's is a pure a silly film. horror comedy. It's also about horror, about like tropes in in, in horror uh, with rednecks and and um, backwoods people, kind of wrong turn type uh, people. But um, 
Yeah, it, it's awesome. I, I love Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I would love for them to make a sequel. That would be amazing. College kids. College kids. Stupid goddamn college kids. Oh, so good. So funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that is my uh, number three. What is your number three, sir? My number three is a movie I felt like I had to include, but I, I feel like we're not going to talk about it a lot because I, I felt shamed into including it. And this is just by myself. This is me sitting down, just making my list, thinking, well, people say this is a horror comedy, but I, you didn't include it. Um, and right it's on me. Evil Dead 2. Okay. So, you know, obviously, who is ever out there? You know that Evil Dead 2 is one of the best movies of all time. And uh, I agree. There's definitely and, a lot of humor in this film. But yeah. for some reason, it just doesn't resonate with me as a horror comedy. I agree with you. But I felt like on a horror comedy episode, I had to include it. And as you know, you know, just wackiness ensues. I don't know what to say about Evil Dead 2. I mean, it's Evil Dead. Uh, you know, it's basically a remake of the first film. I got to say, I've always been a bigger fan of the first Evil Dead more than Evil Dead 2 because I think it's more of a horror film. Exactly. And I think Evil Dead 2 just goes up to a thousand, which I also love. I love Army of Darkness, um, love Sam Raimi. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I've, you know, as I was looking down to talk about my next movie, I'm like, I'm not really sure what to say. So Evil Dead 2, one of the best movies ever made. I felt like I should include it because people think it's horror comedy. But yeah, just so goddamn good. So let's go ahead and jump to my number two. Okay. What is Eric Hoff's number two? You just said Evil Dead 2. My number two is Army of Darkness, which is technically uh, Evil Dead 3. Yes. I didn't include Army of Darkness because I wasn't, I'm like, I guess it's a horror comedy. I Dude. Mean, are, are you, now, are you confused on the horror part? Because it's 100% a comedy. Yes. It's not, you know, I'm confused about the whole thing, which is partially what Rami was doing in Army of Darkness is sort of subverting everything and just being crazy. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely loses the horror aspects yes. that Evil Dead 1 and 2 had. And I like that it's like a medieval sword fighting yes. uh, fantasy with Deadites. Yes, one of the best you movies know, ever, so um, tell me about it. I, I love, love the backdrops in the film when he's in the graveyard trying to re uh, recover the Necronomicon. Uh, when he's at the the windmill, windmill. the windmill, yeah, uh, you know the moon is always bright. There's the gargoyle statues, you know, uh, just the I don't know if it's claymation or stop motion, whatever they use to move the skeletons. That is horror to me, and it's like that's what would have appealed to me, like as a, a child. Yeah, like that is so cool. That's that's creepy, but for some reason I like it. Mm -hmm. So the silly parts. Of Army of Darkness, I think Ash is just a silly character, and, and just a fantastic actor as Ash. Right. I mean, and, that was the part he was pretty much born to play. Right. And and the situations uh, that they uh, put him into, I love that it pretty much uh, a bunch of the bits turn into like Three Stooges skits. Yeah, I loved the, th the Three Stooges uh, as a child. I'd watch it uh, with my father. I remember on Fourth of July, AMC or or TMC or whatever they TNN. Would, one of those channels, you know, they would air 24 hours of, of the Three Stooges, and I'd fucking record them on VHS and go back and watch uh, the now, Three Stooges. How much did you love that new Ferrelli Brothers movie? You know what? It was a Three Stooges movie. Like, they set out to make Three Stooges, and they made Three Stooges. I remember there was a Halloween episode of Three Stooges that I loved. Anyways, so, you know, there's a bit where he's got to go and retrieve uh, the Necronomicon. He's got to say three words before he... 
takes the Necronomicon off its pedestal. He says it wrong, which is a big <laughs> He just big mumbles joke. it, though. He can't remember the third word, which is funny. I've seen this movie a hundred times. It's probably in my top ten favorite horror films. Yeah. And as I was watching it, in my head, I was yelling the third word. Like, say it, you idiot! You know what yeah. uh, it is. So, removing the Necronomicon, not saying the words he's supposed to, raises the dead. Yes. And so there's a part where he falls to the ground. All these skeleton hands start pulling at him and they start like poking him in the eyes they start poking him you know in the face he yes. even goes for like a block where he puts his hand you know in the middle of his face but two other hands come from the left and right to poke him in the eyes i think that is funny absolutely maybe man. because you know that's what i thought was funny as a child it's still funny to 28 year old e-dog uh, oh, and then how he refers to like all of the other people around him as as primitives. Yeah. Uh, there's a part where he's like working on his hand, mm-hmm. and a girl walks in, the the love interest in the film, and he says, "Will you close the door? Were you born in a barn?" And he says under his breath, "Probably was born in a barn." <laughs> <laughs> so good, such a yeah. silly, fun movie. I love, love, love Army of Darkness. The DVD I have looks like shit. And I'm bummed that I slept on that uh, Scream Factory blue. I have it with the slip, V2. That's sick. Yeah, I love Army of Darkness, man. I guess uh, part of me was including Evil Dead 2. Felt like I shouldn't include Army of Darkness because they're, they're so similar in you know where they would be on the list. And uh, I feel bad about not talking about Evil Dead 2 a lot. Uh, I just uh, don't really know what to say. Uh, yeah, you know what? I could go on and just about other scenes that make me laugh. But sure. Let's let's keep going. What is your number two, Doc? My number two is a movie you excluded. It was your arbitrary exclusion. My number two is Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Hilarious. Great film. And I just, you know, I'm going to say this for the last time on this episode. I don't episode. know what your number one is. I don't know what to say about Shaun of the Dead because it, everybody knows it. It's one of the best movies ever made. So I guess the best way to describe the film would just be describe scenes that I like. And one I've talked about on this podcast before is uh, I get such a kick out of them picking records to throw at the, the zombie at the beginning of the film. There's a girl in the garden. <laughs> There's a girl in the garden. Uh, <laughs> he tells he tells uh, he tells her like I think he just says fuck off when he pushes her. He, <laughs> I just come out of a relationship. <laughs> uh, I just come out of a relationship. I uh, I don't need anything. And she like go, the zombie goes on Sean and he says fuck off or something. <laughs> he pushes her and she falls onto a fucking pole. Uh, pole and, and yeah. Um, but yeah, in that later in that scene, they they devise a way to to uh, fight them, which is to throw uh, records. And so he gets goes and gets record collection. Uh, but you quickly realize that Sean doesn't want him to throw uh, just any record, just any record, and, and like so they'll pick one out and be like, "Oh yeah, throw that one." Uh, very funny. The Batman soundtrack. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, very very funny. I love that scene. Uh, also was a huge fan. We rewatched it together. We did. Uh, you know, I've seen the movie a million times, but I was a huge fan this time of the. I mean, come on, man! It's not like the world's ending. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you that there's. Plenty of fish in the sea, or if you love her, let her go, or bombard you with any other cliches. But hey, at least it's not the end of the world. <laughs> As a zombie, <laughs> yeah, presses his hands up against the wall of the Winchester. But hey, at least it's not the end of the world. Oh man, so good, uh, so good. Pete, Pete, Pete. <laughs> Oi, prick! <laughs> no, he's definitely not here. Just such, such a literally every movie. scene. I mean, that whole movie is funny. Yeah, start to finish. Pete, start to love it. Cornetto trilogy, huge fan of all three of them. Uh, I, I've said this before on the podcast. Uh, 
I never really used to like Hot Fuzz, and I was wrong. Uh, I think my uh, yeah my ranking now is Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and then World's End. Uh, Agreed. But but I feel Not like to say that the World's End yeah, is bad. Uh, I've rewatched World's End a couple times recently, and absolutely love that movie. Oh but yeah, Hot Fuzz. God, dude, so good. Um, so yeah, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, you know, say it again. One of the best movies, one of the best horror movies ever made, and one of my favorite comedies. Hilarious. Like, if I had to rank, uh, which one's the funniest? I'd probably say Sean and Burbs. But we will get to my number one. What is E Dogs? Is this your number one? This is my number one. Okay. This is a film that I love so much, and it's also stars Bruce Campbell. I am talking about Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep. I love this goddamn movie. Did you get the Blu-ray? So, so much, yes. And what's funny is it came out in November of last year. I bought it, and I just it had just been sitting just in my sat front on room. It. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, perfect time to finally uh, revisit this film. Yeah. So just the idea in general is silly. You learn that Elvis and President Kennedy uh, are still alive. Uh, the government has died uh, President Kennedy Black in order to hide him and you learn that his brain is running on batteries back at the White House and they could uh, turn off the switch uh, at any time. There is a mummy, for some reason dressed as a cowboy, loose in the rest home that they live in killing off the t- other residents. So Elvis, uh, Agent Elvis, and aging President Kennedy decide to team up to take down the mummy. So one of the things I noticed when I first uh, rewatched this film is it's actually kind of sad, which is funny that I yeah. named it my number one silliest horror comedy. Just that idea of how the elderly are treated in general. There's a part where President Kennedy says, you know, they put us here to keep us out of the way yeah. until we die. Yeah, I, I only saw this film uh, this year, actually, on the Screen Factory Blu-ray. And what stood out to me about Bubba Hotep was like I it, I thought it was sad, and I think the 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 line that stood out to me the most about the entire film wasn't a joke, and it was something that made me think about my own grandparents and all old people in general, and it actually has made me think about it like when I go to my grandparents' house, and it's um, I think it's Bruce Campbell's character says you know when you get old, uh, everything you say is either funny. Or you're crazy. What, what's the line? Right. Well, it's something. It's something like that. Like, yeah. uh, no one takes you, like you can be vulgar, but no one takes you seriously anymore. Yeah. Everyone thinks you're just like making a joke. And and so nothing you do is really taken seriously in any right. way because you're old. And oh, so like anytime you say anything as an old person, you're just like, oh, he's just old and crotchety and being funny. Right. And it's like you you don't have people don't think about your your feelings the way they do for. I mean, really non-old people. I don't know how to explain it. And and that's probably frustrating for the individual. Yeah, Because they probably are angry or mad. Nope, that's just silly because you're old. If they're cussing you out, they're not doing it as a joke. They're pissed. Right. Um, So I know it sounds odd, but I found that the most poetic thing about about, uh, Bubba Hotep. Well, let's talk about some of the humor. Absolutely. Now, uh, so you learn that Elvis still thinks that he can do karate. And a bunch of times whenever he encounters uh, the mummy, he does these little gyrating... Uh, gestures where he's, you know, squaring up uh, to fight uh, the zombie, uh, excuse me, the mummy. And whenever the mummy appears, these giant cockroaches come first. And there's this terrific moment where Elvis battles one of these giant cockroaches. Now, you learn that the same night, the mummy goes after 
President Kennedy. And Elvis goes and he finds him laying down in his room. And you learn that they get in trouble by the administrators, you know, for being out of their room. And they can't just tell the administrators that, you know, there's a fucking mummy walking around in cowboy clothes, you know, kicking us off. Because they won't be taken seriously. Exactly. So Also, a mummy probably isn't real, but go ahead. So Elvis starts complaining about the bug problem that the rest home has, not realizes like not realizing, I guess, that the mummy and the bugs are are hand in hand. They're like huge uh cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, big bitch cockroach. <laughs> so <laughs> Oh yeah, he has like a battle. I, I loved all that. Yeah, it's one of the better films yes. the scenes in the film. Yes, absolutely. Uh so oh so so you learn that uh Elvis also has a, a growth on his penis. And that it's cancer, but nobody's talking to him about it because they just assume that he's old and he's he's gonna die soon. So cut back to this scene where he's talking to the administrators about their awful bug problem, and this scene kills me every single time. Like laugh out loud, funny. He's telling this guy, you know, you've got this bad cockroach problem, but what do I care? I got a growth on my pecker. So good. Yeah, so, so funny, so silly. Yeah, I uh, you know. I don't think I liked it as much as you do, but I I I loved it. it it's definitely a film I've seen a bunch. I, I think I do. Renting yeah. it when it when it first came out to fucking VHS. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say on record on the Ghoul Squad. Uh oh. Uh oh. As much as I love Phantasm, I think it's Coscarelli's best film. Wow. I love love Bubba Hotep. It's equally sad and hilarious and just fantastic. Yeah, I uh, I watched it with uh, I think Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Another mention. Uh, and he, I, I, you know, I'm not. I think he wasn't that into it. I I liked That's it. That's wild. I, I liked it a lot. Um, and I thought it had like really really cool ideas and a lot of stuff that made me think. Like I said, and also a lot of funny scenes. Uh, definitely not like one of my favorite movies of all time. Like it is yours. But uh, yeah, it's uh, Bubba Hotep's awesome. I think I'd almost put that in my top ten as well. Uh, of horror or everything. Of of of. Ooh, I guess horror. See, I figured it'd be a fucking period. Your whole no, your whole top ten of movies of all time would be Verhoeven, and fucking Henenlotter, and Larry Fessenden, and and then just one more scene. Damn, I didn't have talked about Larry Fessenden. I don't even think I talked about him last episode. The, uh, it was a setup. It's um, called a bit. So I, I talked about the scene where the the mummy attacks uh, President Kennedy, and and Elvis finds him laying on the ground, and. And Kennedy tells Elvis that he's been attacked and that he thinks it's uh, Lyndon Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> he, thinks he thinks it's President Johnson. And and Elvis tells him, Jack, you know, Lyndon Johnson is dead. And Kennedy goes, shit, they ain't going to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So good. Another thing I really liked about it and that we can move on is uh, its historical aspect. Like, Oh, that's what's I, fun about it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know how to explain that to you. Like, when I saw it, one of the things I liked the most was that they were using so much, like, historical context. And uh, it's really smart. It's really yeah. smart, and it's historical. Like, even though it's ridiculous, I found it fascinating the way they were intertwining, like, Elvis and Kennedy. And he's making a bunch of jokes about, like, the grassy knoll or, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, he asks Lee Harvey Oswald. Exactly, or Jack Ruby. Yeah, so so it was awesome. Such a fun, silly film. So that was Bubba Hotep. That's Eric's That's number E-Dog's one. number one. Horror uh, comedy. My number one is, as I say every time, uh, I don't think I'll be able to follow up with what you just said. 
But my number one horror comedy is just Cabin in the Woods. Fire film. It's a movie we've talked about a lot. Well, actually, I'm thinking about ways to talk about it without spoiling it. Early on in the film, one of my favorite moments is when they first introduce the stoner. Uh, Marty. So good. He wrote this crazy bong. <laughs> he rolls up in his car. He's playing an Asher Roth song, uh, which goes in the backseat screaming out loud. Whoa, in the backseat screaming out. Uh, and when he pulls up, uh, there's all this smoke coming out of his car. Uh, and he has a, uh, bong that is a, that collapses into a, uh, thermos travel mug. Right. And, uh, you know, what, what's great about that part is, um, Chris Hemsworth's character. You, know, you he, can't bring that in the Rambler. And he says, he says, what uh, a giant a, bong. It's my favorite. One of my favorite lines in the movies, a giant bong in your f- father's van. What are you stoned? And then he, he, he collapses it. This also is a, another terrific moment in that very scene is he locks his car, but he doesn't roll up the he window. Roll up the window. Yeah. yeah visual, so visual comedy. Cause it's not mentioned. Um, absolutely love that. Another one of my favorite scenes that I feel like I can't explain very well because it would spoil certain aspects of the film if you have not seen it. There's a scene in which they're talking to the Harbinger and uh, he th- he's he's like, the babes are coming into the woods and they're ready for slaughter. And he's being all serious and uh, it's safe to say the people that I can't mention who they are, are uh, laughing and he they put him on speakerphone and he's like, wait. Am I on speakerphone? That's just rude. That's just rude. I don't know who's in the room. And uh, and they're like, oh, oh, okay, yep, sorry. Okay, uh, okay, now you're off speakerphone. Go ahead. And the, and, it, and the music plays back up again. He's like, the babes know nothing of the slaughter to come. And he starts going again, and then they start laughing. And he's like, uh, wait, am I still? I'm on speakerphone again, aren't you? Like, ah, Marty, so what good. happens next? Absolutely lovely moment. You know, mermaid. The mermaid. I'm not sure what else to say. Uh, because I, I don't want to spoil it. If you have not seen Cabin in the Woods, it's a film that I think you should see. Even if you know pieces of it, you should see it without knowing as much as you can. Every time I've described that film, I've just said uh, it's every setup to any horror film. Group of kids yeah. going to a cabin, but then shit gets wild. Yes. Very, very funny. And just specific situations. I mean they say they should split it or they should stick together. We're going to, we're going to barricade this whole thing and we're, we're going to survive and uh, we're not going to fucking split up because we need to stay together. And then he walks into a, some mist. No, no, this is wrong. We should split up. <laughs> and, and a stoner, Marty, and Marty says, and that makes what kind of sense? <laughs> I'm doing a horrible job of, of these jokes, but I'm just trying to talk around the spoilers. So I will stop uh, cabin in the woods. Okay. Um, again, one of my favorite movies of all time and easily one of the best movies made in the last 10, 15, 20 years. Just a seminal release. And it's kind of crazy to think that this film came out recently. I mean, it was only a couple years ago that it came out. 2013, I believe. 2012 or 2013. And it's just unquestionably, it, it just entered the horror lexicon like that. The moment you and see it. And it was delayed for like three years, which it was crazy. And I couldn't wait to see it forever. You know, Joss Whedon's writing. Um, Drew Goddard directed it. It's, you know, isn't it weird when things just come out and they turn into, they just enter the horror lexicon just like that. I mean, films come out that we like, for instance, like Autopsy of Jane Doe, for instance. Next Tuesday. A good movie, but not entering the lexicon of horror. Cabin in the Woods did, man. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It's, it's crazy how good that movie is. It's insane. It's insane how good that movie is. And I think about it like, you know, we've, we've seen articles over the years, you know, maybe they should do a sequel. Maybe they should do a sequel. No, they should like that. 
and it's like it's literally pointless. Like yeah. I know people say that about some some movies. Um, this is a film that's so unique in itself. While I would be incredibly excited if they made a sequel, I uh, just don't. For real, uh, save us all from the excitement. Not you know uh, from for this film because nothing really can live up to Cabin in the Woods. So it's my number one horror comedy. I feel weird about that because it is ahead of like some classics like Evil Dead Two or even The Burbs. But uh, it's just. You know, I feel like as soon as I thought of horror comedies, I'm like, oh, Cabin in the Woods, number one. And then what else? Probably Sean. So, yeah, you've got red on you. Also, quickly, uh, on the burbs, a, me- a moment we forgot to mention. And I, I don't think we're spoiling anything because we're not going to say what's happening. But a line from the burbs that's one of our favorites of all time is, I'm going to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. Satan is good. <laughs> Satan is a friend. Chanting, Ray. You're chanting. chanting. I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. That's exactly what he says. It's amazing. So, uh, uh, a lot of laughs to be had. Yes. If you were missing any of these films, go out and watch The Burbs. Go out and watch Cabin in the Woods. You've probably seen Evil Dead 2. You probably don't like Scary Movie. You've probably seen Shaun of the Dead. So, I think that concludes uh, pretty much this episode. Anything you want to say about our overall list? I think I say this at the end of every episode, but I had a great time compiling this list. Absolutely. Uh, let's go these films. back through our list. Sure. Uh, give me your number five to number one. Okay. From five to one, I had Idle Hands, Cabin in the Woods, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, Army of Darkness, and Bubba Hotep. My top five goes number five, Scary Movie, number four, The Burbs, number three, Evil Dead 2, number two, Shaun of the Dead, and number one, Cabin in the Woods. Those are some, fire. Fire. Those are some bangers definitely, right there. Definitely bang. What's, what's kind of crazy is I almost feel like we, we, just, we named them as horror comedies, but these may also be some of the best horror movies. Yeah. That, that's what, again, made it kind of difficult almost for me because I'm like, I just don't even know where to put these. This may have been an episode we could have done a top 10, but you know me, I love top five. So, well, hell, next episode we're going to have a top 12, 13, uh, including the remake, right? I guess technically not top because one's going to be at the bottom. Uh, so, real quick before we move on to anything else, uh, well, that was our top five. Yep. We've and got uh, a Film Fed's list. Exactly. Film Fed, friend of ours, at Film Fed on Twitter, at Film Fed on. Uh, I think it's film underscore fed on Instagram, right? Not sure. Anyway, search film fed on Instagram. He's a buddy of ours. He bought a shirt from us, which is super cool. So thank you so much film fed for doing that. Yes. Uh, uh, he sent us his list of his top five uh, favorite horror comedies. His number five is tremors, which is a movie I love. Mm-hmm. Number four, cabin in the woods movie. We love obviously number three movie. We didn't include, uh, but one, one of my, favorite movies of all time and also would be in my top 10 of all time and it's gremlins Mm. didn't i mean you're not wrong gremlins basically is a horror comedy but uh it's also too sacred to me didn't know how to include it so absolutely gremlins a movie i don't like is your number two film fed and that is zombie land you don't like zombie land not a fan of zombie land you're weird i am weird you know i feel like it was the beginning of the end of the zombie genre zombie land ushered in the walking dead and I feel like it just completely laid waste to the entire genre. What about just as a comedy film? It's it's okay. I just I didn't understand its popularity at the time. You know, zombies have been great forever. Why all of a sudden does Zombieland a popular movie in uh, popular culture? But his number one is Shaun of the Dead. Banger, banger. Thank you, Film Fed, for sending us your list. And I think that you've reached the end of the Ghoul Squad podcast. Thank you. 
for listening. Our next episode of the Ghoul Squad podcast is will be about the Friday the 13th series. Yes. Uh, where I will be uh, ranking each episode of the series. This is something I wanted to do for a long time, which is rank the Friday the 13th films. I already know my ranking. It's something I think about a lot because I'm a loser. Uh, and we hope that Can't you'll, argue that. We'll hope you'll enjoy it. Uh, if you're not a Friday the 13th fan, always remember we have stuff at the beginning of that episode that will be, uh, you know, what we've been watching and talking and stuff. If you're not a Friday the 13th fan, you probably shouldn't be listening to us. Well, uh, let's uh, let's not exclude anybody because we, we only have about six listeners. No, I'm just and kidding. I'm sure they're all Friday fans. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, so we're very excited about our next episode and excited to announce it is Friday the 13th, which we cannot wait for. Now, two things that we just mentioned that have new things coming from that franchise that I'm excited for. Okay. Uh, Joe R. Lansdale is actually writing a Bubba Hotep sequel. Or is this a book? No, it's a book. Oh, well, then yeah. it'll, it'll get made. Yeah, yeah it's already, it's already, it's already like available for pre-order from, okay. his, from his website. Well, that's awesome. But it's called like Bubba and the She Vampires or something, which I don't understand. Easy to lead it up. Yeah, so Easy that's exciting. And... God, I can't wait for the Friday the 13th video game. Yeah, we can't wait. That's uh, Gosh, that looks exciting. May 29th? Is yeah. that Memorial Day? That's the Monday. Maybe we'll That's hit. the Friday before Memorial Day? Stop talking like that. Uh, maybe we can have like a Ghoul Squad play session with our six listeners? Let's not get overambitious. But okay, that won't maybe, we'll, maybe we'll be able to talk about the game on the next episode. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, not promising that, but hopefully it's out and hopefully we played it. Um, I do have it. Let's, pre- let's make that a segment for like the next episode after the game comes out. Sure. That'd be awesome. Tight. So our next episode is going to be Friday the 13th. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. That series with Freddy Krueger? We out. We done. Why are you this so was comedy. Uh, Horror comedy. Tell people where they can find us. They can find us at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Pornhub. Stop. At. (laughs) (laughs) T Public. At T Public. Uh, Not at T Public. You can find us on T Public. At Ghoul Squad FM. Is it this week? Never mind. You can find us at all those social media outlets at Ghoul Squad FM. Yes. Uh, And if you want to buy a shirt, please check it out. Uh, You can go to tpublic.com and just search Ghoul Squad or go to bit.ly slash Ghoul Squad shirt. Buy a shirt. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, we think it's super cool that anybody does it. And I think that's Thank it. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And um, stay ghoulish. Stay in the squad. Stay frightful. Stay spooky. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.